in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. You got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your hubbearer. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. Welcome in, everybody. It is Wednesday, December 6th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. We're coming to you from the world-famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in the heart of world-famous Louisville, Kentucky. Cards fans advance your career without interrupting it with UofL's 20-month professional MBA, the program designed for working professionals. Combine the experience of a top-rated program with the convenience of evening classes that accommodate your schedule. Connect with industry experts, expand your professional network, and hone your business acumen Get started today and earn your MBA. Visit business.louisville.edu. We're on the air today from 3.05 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the United States of America and beyond. You know us better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford here with uh, Scooter Dingus, a.k.a. Justin Kalen, back here for day two of his Big X tour. Yeah. The Big X holiday tour of Scoots is what we're calling it. He's just He's everywhere. He's all over the place. It's been another long day. Hopefully he got some sleep last night. I don't know if that's the case, though, because your your mighty Indiana Hoosiers were keeping you up late with a big-time victory over Michigan. Uh, Scoot, how are you? Yeah, you remember that whole eight hours of sleep thing before KRC? Done. Was not the case last <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah. Day one after making that claim, I do not get eight hours of sleep. No, I, I stayed up, watched the game. Uh, but no, overall I'm good. It, it's been a it's been a good day. I didn't have to go to the hotel today, so I'm feeling good. You know, having sports talk radio the day after Indiana plays just makes it a lot easier. And then of course, in, there's a lot going on with Kentucky, so roll call wasn't bad at all today. It was, it was nice and and breezy. And did Dennison did Spears? I've I've been a, I've made appearance on all local shows today. I did the same thing yesterday. I generally am only on Denison maybe once every couple of weeks, but he had me on back-to-back days, so I can say two straight days officially I've been on every local program that we have. So sorry if you're one of those people that hates my voice, thinks I sound like Kermit, Marvin the Martian, whatever and other animated character you want to come up with. It's You're getting a heavy dose of scoots. You're basically the Stephen A. Smith of Big X Sports. Oh, gosh. That's terrible. That makes me want to walk walk out the door right now. I I don't want to be Stephen A. He does the thing where he's like, he's on Baseball Tonight somehow. He's on, you know, the the, the Shout Each Other morning shows. Then you flip over. He's like on CNN for some reason. Like, he's just everywhere. He's omnipresent. That's you every now and then during the holidays. You know, it's funny you bring him up because I actually just found out this weekend somehow. I have, I have no idea if I've just been hiding underground or what, but I found out that Stephen A. was a Steelers fan, 
and I'm a Steelers fan. And when I saw that, it kind of hit me like, oh, man, I, I don't know if I want to be on the same fan base as Stephen A. Because he I'm, hates I'm the just, Cowboys, right? That's, that's not one a of Stephen A. guy. Uh, yeah. I, I don't like the whole shtick. I'm sure he's finally, I'm sure he's like probably in, fine. In, in person, I'm sure he's Yeah, great. I think most of these guys are. But yeah, yeah the whole just super loud, yeah. super whatever for the sake of being loud. It's just, it's not my cup of tea. It is for some people. It's just, it's not me. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that he does the troll on the Cowboys type deal. Uh, you think that's because of the 79 Super Bowl? Because maybe. oddly enough, that's why I'm a Steelers fan. Because everybody hates the Cowboys, right? Like, like for the most part. Like, like Trevor hates the Cowboys because he's an Eagles fan and mm-hmm. they see them as rivals. 49ers fans hate the Cowboys. Like I, I, Everybody sees the Cowboys somehow as their rival besides actual Cowboys fans. I, I think people just love just trolling the Cowboys. So I'm a Steelers fan because my dad was a twin. And in that 79 Super Bowl, they... His twin picked Cowboys. My dad picked Steelers. They've both been a fan of those teams ever since. That's it. So I guess it's it's in my blood. I should hate the Cowboys too. I do love the origin stories of professional sports fandom in in like this area where there are no mm-hmm. pro sports teams because right. it, it's so all over the place. And you went like one of my favorite things about when we all went away to college and you know me and a, a couple of buddies from around here went to Dayton and like half of Dayton's student population back then was it was kids from Chicago. You know, it's a, it's a Catholic school, it was one of the closer ones. So like sounds like every university around here. God, it's, it's so true. But like so all these Chicago kids were there and they were just fascinated by like like the fact that like I'm a I'm a Lions fan. My buddy Danny is is a Vikings fan. Our other buddy Weber is a Cowboys fan. Like we were sort of all over the place <laughs> and they're like, "Well, how did you like, like how does this happen?" And I'm like, "I I thought Barry Sanders was cool when I was a little kid and started <laughs> cheering for the Lions." And I'm I'm Fiercely loyal, didn't give up on him even when they sucked. And I grew up and I realized that I'd chosen poorly. I, w- I wasn't going to change at that point. And that's that. Like, but like everybody has that story where it's like, my favorite color when I was four years old was purple. So now I- I'm I'm tied to the Minnesota Vikings right. for my entire life. Uh, whereas if you're from Chicago, it's like, oh, I'm a Bears fan because we're all Bears fans. But it's just it- it's very very interesting. I've got a lot of friends like that who are you know. The first soccer team I ever played on with YMCA when I was four years old, we were the Eagles. So I started cheering for the Eagles and all. Like it was, there you go, done. That's that's how it works around here. We got to choose why. And th- th- you know, there are some people who are like, I'm a Colts fan because I went to Colts games growing up because they were close, or I'm a Bengals fan because you know we were, were close to Cincinnati and you could go to games. And you know, th- those are more rational. But everybody else is just sort of like, I don't know. I saw a Cowboys game on TV when I was little, and I thought the star was cool. And so that's you, that. You brought up Barry Sanders. Have you watched the documentary on I him? Still yet? Haven't. Okay. I, I still haven't. Okay. I still haven't. Because I saw LeBron tweeted about it, said he was the man or whatever. Trevor watched it. Uh, Trevor liked it. Trevor and LeBron. That's who I go off of. Those are my recommendations there you for, go. for specials. That's smart. I have the cool thing about it being out, and I think more people watching it is I'm seeing. I am noticing on social media like more and more Barry Sanders videos are circulating, which is cool. Like the other day, somebody was like, "This is basically American football, Pele." Like, like bow down, respect Barry Sanders, and it is crazy. You do see some highlight videos from like, like not like just you know, not even the videos from like the 40s and 50s and 60s, but sometimes you'll see highlight videos of baseball, basketball, or football from the 80s and the 90s. And it looks so outdated, and you're like, man, these guys, they look so much smaller. It just Like, Barry is one of those just transcends generations, where you watch that, and even today where we, you know, you see crazy highlights every single day. And, and if, if, if a wild play in a college football game at the D3 level happens in in Idaho, because of the internet now, you're still going to see that play. So mm-hmm. we've, like, very little wows us anymore. And Barry Sanders, his full... NFL highlight reel is still jaw-droppingly good. Like, like, still, like, 
we had never seen anybody move like that, and we really haven't seen anybody move like that since. And the fact that he did it with such a just continuously crappy offensive lines and no help in the passing game, uh, no disrespect to Rodney Pete and company, was just it, it made it all the more impressive. Like he he's, he's still Barry's God. He's unreal. What uh what platform is that on? I don't even know. I, I it was it's like um. Guess I'll have to do some research. R- run that Barry. was optional today, Mike. But well, here I go. I, I, I can make this happen. Um, I mean, I, I can do this very quickly. <laughs> the because I it's it, on look, Amazon. Okay, there we go. Say, if I Trevor can find it, I feel pretty confident that we can find it. Very. Trevor easily. has every streaming platform possible. He besides one, and it's it's the one that he always complains about. He's like, ah, oh, I don't have that one. He's like, oh, he's like, oh, you have to send me your password. I'm like, I'm not sending you anything. <laughs> not not sending you anything. Uh, we've got uh, we've got lots to get to today. Louisville's got a quarterback. Transfer portal madness continues. There's some national stuff happening that's pretty fun. College football fallout continues from all the, the, the bowl shenanigans. There was some good college basketball last night that I got a chance to watch. Uh, I am, if you can't tell by my voice, like like this is this is holiday season with kids. Like you're you're just waking up every day knowing it's Russian roulette, just begging not to get sick. And of course, like our our entire family is just we're, we're all dealing with something. Oh, it's, that's well. I- with that being said, I appreciate you not coming to say hello to me. When yeah, you got we, here today. We won't do our typical mid-show kissing. Like we'll, we'll hold off on that today. I, I'll let you opt out of that. But just for today, if I'm I feeling did, better tomorrow, then we'll get back at it. I but. did take a little offense today because <laughs> every show I do, when the, when the person gets here, they come, "Hey, Scoots, oh, hey, how, welcome, whatever." Yeah, yeah you, you didn't give me that. Today. I waved at you in the camera. You didn't see me though. Oh, and I then I came back you, yeah. in, and you said, "Hey." I was reading some articles. It's fine. Yeah, your your, your gigantic face was like right front and center, and I was like, "Hey, Scoots," and then just just got nothing but yeah <laughs> I, i'm i feel and i don't feel like horribly sick i just very clearly that there's, there's something going on like our kids are they're acting like, like they're, they're not burning up they don't have fever so we're not that worried about it but they're just like not themselves they're kind of lethargic and my mom who works at the the preschool that they go to says a bunch of kids have had this stomach bug where they've been oh, acting boy. yeah i know which I'm, I'm terrified of because she's like the first sign will be not eating in virginia when we got home from school today was did not want to eat so mary's gonna take them to the the doctor at four hopefully that that all goes well but we're all very clearly like there's just something going around my dad's really sick uh, i know tj was sick uh, like earlier this week or last week something like i feel like Everybody is coming down with a little bit of bugs, so we're trying to to fight through it, to work through it, to be okay. Another day of giving me excuse to not have kids. There is something to be said. I mean, yeah, you you just it was the one element of parenting that I think I underrated. Like you know, I I heard about I knew lack of sleep was going to be bad. I knew you had to make sacrifices professionally. You're not going to be able to do like you can't constantly be writing as as much anymore. You can't just do all the stuff that I, I was used to doing, that Mary was used to doing. You know, you're not going to be able to travel as much as you'd like, maybe for a few years. I, I, I got all that. The one element that I just completely glossed over was that you were going to be sick constantly. And I think COVID has not helped anything either. It seems like everybody's immune systems have been wrecked by COVID to a certain degree. So I, I just didn't, you know, hand, foot, and mouth a couple months ago. And, you know, the, the kids just – if one kid in one classroom has it, like they're going to bring it home and then you're going to get it and it's just going to – it's gonna suck. So it, like that's that, that that part of it does suck, but still, the good outweighs the bad. I'll say that the kids got to see Santa again today at school. He came to, to school. They were very excited about Incredible. it. John popped right up. He was the one kid in his class who just went right over and like <laughs> put his arm around Santa, posed for pictures, like waved goodbye to him. Was was very into it. Virginia was showing off her. She was very proud of her. She has one of those sequence shirts where like the the ribbon like you can put your hands like down and it changes colors like oh, she was sweet. showing Santa that so it was yeah i mean it, it, it's like we talked about with halloween when you and i were growing up you had like maybe two trick or treats like maybe you went to the zoo maybe you did something like that 
and then like the big day, and that was it. And nowadays, like kids have seventeen trick or treats. Well, now nowadays kids see Santa seventy five times before you actually get to Christmas. Yeah. They they've seen him twice in four days, and we may I'm sure we'll see him again somewhere. He'll be at Brown Park, or he'll be at some <laughs> other park, or he'll be at something. But Santa came to school today. They were very excited, so I'm glad that even if they are not feeling good now, that they were they were well enough to to get to school and, and feel good and see Santa and say their hellos. But we're uh, we're struggling a little bit. You. How much sleep did you end up getting? Because you know you you got to get up pretty early. The game ended at like a little bit after eleven last night. Yeah, I think I slept until I, I slept a little long this morning, about ten after six. So, what six and a half hours? How long does it take for you to get from from your place to here? Only twenty minutes. So that's not too bad. Yeah, it's it's all highway. So it, yeah, it's not all nice and easy. I come early enough where there's not a whole lot of traffic. So there was one morning a couple weeks ago where there was a semi that caught on fire. Right uh, about two, three miles from my exit where I get on to 65, and every lane was shut down. I actually had to call TJ, walk him through how to get them on air, and it was a mess. Well, at least you're not but like- most mornings, 20 minutes. At least you're not like Trevor, who sees this as sort of like optional attendance, where he would, what I'm told, back in the day on KRC, he'd leave at like 6.45 every day, and he's like, if I get there, I get there. If I don't, then, you know, I mean, that's, we're starting the show 10 minutes late. That's just a ridiculous mindset, and I, I don't know if I was ever even taught that somewhere along the way in my life, that you should just show up early just in case something goes wrong on your way there, but yeah, I mean, I'm always, I'm always pretty early. I'm here by 6.40 most mornings. I mean, I think most people learn at some point, like you, especially when it's like work. That he, he, you know, better to be a few minutes early than a few minutes right. late. And and Trevor, you know, he's usually here on time. He just kind of stays in his car, listening to whatever until three o two, and then he comes in here and we start the show at three o four, which is is fine. I, I it took some adjusting. I got used to it. We're 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 good now. But I did hear at KRC they had a tracker back in the day where it was like, "Is Trevor late today?" Like the whole Twitter account. Oh yeah, because it happens so often. It's uh yeah, it was it was hard to listen to because I was all I've always been an early riser even before doing KRC. I mean, I was working Coil before then, but so I've always kind of listened to them. And yeah, it was it was it was always Russian roulette. Is Trevor going to show up? Is he not going to show up? So that makes I think that makes them thankful for me because I've only been late. I think maybe twice. I'm sure. I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's a it's an adjustment period. Yeah. yeah, I do forget sometimes how long KRC's been on the air. One of the cool things about since I've been doing the show over here is how many people. There was one uh, over the weekend when we were out and about. He was coming. He came to me. I'm a UK fan. Um, I don't listen to the radio as much as I used to, but like my radio stays on the Big X. He's like, I listen to to, to TJ and Nick in, in in the morning. And then I listen to you in the afternoons. You and Trevor are very funny. He's like, I disagree with some of the Louisville stuff, but it's, it's like it's a good show. Like the amount of people that I've had over the past, especially like the last few months, because like, you know, it takes a long time for people to get into a rhythm or for yeah. people to fully adjust. It's just it's the way that it works. But there have been a lot of people who are like, I love KRC in the morning. I love listening to you guys in the afternoon, Louisville and Kentucky fans, which is cool. Like, I feel like I mean, I listen to KRC. I listen to you guys. I think it's entertaining. I wouldn't listen to it if it wasn't. So. It's been kind of a fun thing about being over here. Two, of course, we love Spears and Dennison in the the middays as well. Two things. So, it came up this morning on KRC. I did not. I say that all to say that I did not listen to any of KRC. This Have morning. you? We know you listen from time to time. Have you I ever do. listened to an entire two hours of KRC? No. Yeah, that was our guess. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's harder though to listen. It is. Like, like afternoon shows, I, you know, TJ and Nick, I'm sure they're like driving around. I'm sure that they, they, you know, they, they have it on in the background when they're doing work for their other jobs and stuff like that. 
seven to nine. Like I'm typically not up when when you guys are starting the show. So like I you know I get up about like seven thirty seven forty five. Get the kids up around God, eight. What's that like? It's 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 luxurious, but I mean I'm I'm going to sleep at like one usually. So and like last night my kid like John's up from one fifteen to three, which is just mm-hmm. which means I'm up from one fifteen to three. So that was that was not fun, but yeah. So I I always miss the live start of the show, and then I take the kids to school. I usually flip on like I get back in the car right at like nine, so I catch like the first. 10, 15 minutes of, of the show, 20 minutes, and sometimes I'll have other stuff to do, so I'll listen to more. I mean, I have put on the podcast a, a lot of times, but there's only so much like I've got from when I get home after taking the kids to when I leave here for here at like 2.30. Like, like that's my entire writing, editing, all that time. So, And, and I'm not one of those people that – there are some people out there who can write and have music going or who can have podcasts right. going. I'm just not one of those people. Like I've got to have quiet. I've got to have focus. So, I'm sure, I mean, I might have listened to a full podcast at some point, probably when it was like a Louisville-Kentucky week or something, but if I have, it's it's not the norm. But I do catch, like, I, uh, that's more than I catch of any other radio show, I'll tell you that much <laughs> for sure. So, that, there's something to be said for that. Well, they appreciate it, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that they do. It's okay. <laughs> Let's talk about your Hoosiers last night. hey I did, so th- this was the first... I. In a long time, first time in a long time, I've been making these parlay bets, and it's the classic gambling thing that I've heard friends complain about for years, but haven't actually experienced myself because I don't gamble on sports up until you know, it became legal here. The the classic like four team, five team parlay where the last leg just doesn't hit, and mm-hmm. you're too you're too proud to take the the cash out option. On oh, I'm games. never too proud. I've taken it once, and the the one time that I did it was of course my bet ended up hitting, so I cost myself like eighty dollars, which was mm-hmm. just I was like. So I, I've been holding out for a long time. I also will do the thing where I'm like holding out, holding out, holding out, and then like one team just starts going going on a huge run, and they just take the cash out option away. I'm like, well, now it's just now. I missed my window. So I've had a lot of these parlays that have hit the first three legs, hit the first four legs, and just haven't hit the last one. And last night I finally hit on a nice little four-team parlay. I took I, – I was very confident – if you've listened to the show since October, you know how I feel about this UConn team. Like I, I think that everybody was just overlooking them as a very, very realistic option to be the first repeat national champion since Florida in 06-07. I feel that even more so after watching them play. Even the Kansas game that they lost, I like them more long-term than Kansas, and they looked just straight up better than North Carolina last night. So I liked them to cover the six, took that. I took uh, Syracuse to cover five against Cornell. Syracuse is, is not good, but... They typically win that game by 8, 9, 10, 11 points. They won it by 11 last night. I took um, um, Mary Mack to cover 21.5 against Florida. Wow, lost by 20. Lost by tw- 20. <laughs> so they, they, I didn't see any of that game, but I saw that they were leading at halftime. So I'm like, well, that's that good to go. Like, boom. I'm not even worried about that. And then I check back in. I'm like, oh, they lost by 20. It was very, very, I guess, too close for comfort. I don't know how the game ended, but I just know that they covered. I think that I mean they should have beaten Georgetown the other night. I'm like, and Florida's not that good. They've got a bunch of transfers. They're still trying to figure out how to play with one another. So I felt good about that. So it all came down to Indiana covering six and a half against. Oh, Michigan. you coward! 
You took it with the points? I took it with the points. I didn't take I the didn't, money line. I didn't have enough confidence for you yesterday to money line them? I, you had enough confidence. You swayed me on, because I, I said I think Michigan wins, but I think Indiana covers. Mike, I made one bet last night, and it was Indiana on the money line at plus 220. You should take it. I followed uh, our, our texter yesterday who was like Grand Canyon. Oh, I know. Money I, line against SDSU. And I, I was saw like, that score this morning, and I was like, damn it. Well, I, I said, I was like, I actually, I, I like that a lot. Like, SDSU, I think they're kind of frauds. Grand Canyon's been a good team. Like they're, they're playing at home. That crowd is crazy. So I threw a little bit of money on that money line. But what if, if you would have thrown Indiana on money the money line, line and Grand, Grand Canyon, Canyon on the money line I don't in that, that bet? I don't want to oh. think about it. Like, this is why you can't think that way when you That's gamble. True. Like I do that to myself all the time. Like This is why I, I've got to limit my gambling because I'm definitely one of those people when I hit something, like my the moment of joy is like a half second and then I'm like, oh. I sh- but if I'd bet five times as much, I would have won five times. Like, it's just it's yeah. never enough for me. But I did feel good last night hitting that four-team parlay. I watched a very, very small amount of Indiana-Michigan. I was watching Carolina-UConn. You didn't miss much. But I mean, so your overall thought, because Michigan has been on a downslide. Indiana, they've lost handily to the only really good team they've played so far this season. Are you feeling more optimistic about the Hoosiers after the I mean, 2-0 in Big Ten is 2-0 in the Big Ten? It's, a, it's not a bad start. Yeah, I mean, to say I'm not feeling a little bit more optimistic would be a lie, because I, I am, but it's it's not much. It's it's pretty much the same team I thought it was going into that game last night. So, in that game against Maryland on Friday, they were phenomenal. Like, arguably the best 30 minutes of Indiana basketball I've watched in probably six, seven years up to this point. So, that, that was a lot of fun. And we didn't have Xavier Johnson in that game. Mm -hmm. Didn't have Xavier Johnson last night either. So I was thinking, okay, maybe it's the same type of performance. That is not what it was. It was sloppy from start to finish. The way that game started, Indiana did have a nice little lead at one point, six, eight points early in that game. I was like, okay, feeling good. And then they just, I mean, turnover after turnover, bad decisions. It was, it was, to be honest with you, it wasn't a whole lot of fun to watch. I didn't really enjoy myself watching that game last night, but I looked at Gil at one point with about five minutes left, and I was like, man, I hope that they don't make this all such a bummer for me staying up so late. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't stay awake till 11 o'clock. We discussed that. I d- it just doesn't happen. So if I'm staying awake till 11 o'clock and I see a loss, Man, that's gonna hurt. But they were able to pull it out in the fashion that it happened. It was it was a heck of a lot of fun. They screamed to me like last four in, first four out type team. Yeah. This oh year. yeah. No, I agree with that. I feel like it's gonna be a lot of nervous games in February for this team. And if that does wind up coming to fruition, guess who you have to thank for getting in the tournament? Kenny Payne and company. Like if if you lose that game, that could have been a game breaker. If you end up being one of the last teams, if if you end up in Dayton in the first four. Mm-hmm. I think you can realistically look back and say, Kenny Payne got you guys into the NCAA tournament. So you're welcome. In Whatever helps you sleep at night, Mike. You're, all we are is helpers. We're just, <laughs> we're help- we cost Clemson the tournament last year. That's not an overstatement. If Clemson had won that game against us, they, they wouldn't have been one of the first four teams out. And I think that's, you know, you can't have a quad four loss to a Louisville team by double digits. That was a, like, we got three coaches fired last year. That was our claim to fame. We got three coaches fired. And the one who didn't, we kept him out of the NCAA tournament in Brad Brownell at Clemson. So, Kenny Payne, don't say he didn't accomplish anything here. Don't, no, don't ever I'll, say I'll give you credit on that. But, no, I mean, at the end of the day, Indiana got the win. Getting road wins in conference, as you know, is is not an easy task. So It's not. Starting 2-0. They say that. If you look at the Big Ten standings today, Indiana's alone at the top. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. 
Uh, Louisville's not alone at the top in the, in the ACC, unfortunately. <laughs> they lost to Virginia Tech. Uh, I, I did watch a solid amount of North Carolina, UConn. I, I thought Connecticut looked great. I thought Donovan Klingon still is not 100%. If he can get fully healthy, which with big guys, you never know. You, you never know. It takes injuries a long time to heal, and even sometimes when they do, they don't look like who they used to be. But Cam Spencer was fantastic last night for them. It was a it was a rough night for our old friend Jalen Withers, and this was I was surprised when early in the season Carolina fans were talking about. I mean, you got John Rostein tweeting about what a great pickup he was and how he's fitting into his role. Because all I'd heard this off season was I'd, I'd seen Arkansas fans raving about L. Ellis, who's been very up and down for them. Um, I saw Arizona State fans loving what they were hearing about Kamari Lands. Cindy Curry has done very well at Grand Canyon so far this season. But Withers was the one guy that I was hearing like he's just like he's not a Carolina caliber player. And so he gets into the starting lineup the first couple weeks of the season, and I'm like, damn, like like he's playing his role well. He's not going to be a star on this team, but he's he's given him six, seven, eight, nine points and some rebounds and, and doing what maybe he should have been doing more of at Louisville. And then he gets out of the starting lineup, and last night he comes into that game and plays limited minutes in both halves, but looks just totally lost. And so I was like, you know what? Let's let's take a let's, let's do a little Twitter search. Let's see what Carolina fans are saying about Jalen Withers on Twitter. Oh boy! And it was very similar to what I think you saw Louisville fans saying about Jalen Withers for for the last couple of years, where it's just like, I mean, you see Jalen Withers is just a body. That's it. Jalen Withers is not a Carolina caliber player. Uh, Jalen Withers has no idea what he's doing on defense. Hubert Davis insisting on giving Jalen Withers minutes killed us. Like you're seeing, just this is just what I'm reading along. Uh, please get Jalen Withers off the floor. Jalen Withers isn't a UNC level player. Give Washington his minutes. I don't know what's going on with Jalen Withers. This is the second game in a row where he looks lost. Jalen Withers needs to play with more urgency. Really poor effort from Jalen Withers there on the loose ball. Like just this is what we saw like like flashes every now and then where he's showcasing the fact that he's a big dude with a for like wide variety of skills but just consistently not there just just whether it's lack of confidence or lack of effort for whatever reason just never seemed to really fire he would have that one or two games where which I think ironically enough it felt like it always came against North Carolina he'd score 18 20 points out of nowhere and you're like here we go and then just the next game, back to Zombie Withers, where he's getting you know two points, two rebounds in 18 minutes. It zombie Withers. Very, I mean, very, <laughs> I think, reminiscent of, of what we're seeing a lot of times with Brandon Huntley Hatfield right now, where you look at him one game, you know, he looks great in New York, he looks like a draft pick, and you can see, I mean, this is a 6'8 dude with a great frame, prototypical NBA body, a lot of skills, can shoot the outside shot, a lot of offensive skills, no reason for him not to be a great rebounder and great defender with how athletic he is and how big he is, and he's, he shows it every now and then. And then just a game later, you're playing New Mexico State, and he's non-existent. He's giving you nothing. I think those are the types of players that frustrate fan bases more than the guys who are just, you know, just downright bad or who are very streaky. Like, those guys where you're like, you can do all of this. Why don't you just do it consistently? You're driving me crazy. You use the word great a lot for Huntley Hatfield, but has he had – one great game. I would say the Texas game this year he was great. What was the stat line? He had a double double. That's right. Yeah, he's had I think three double doubles so far this season. But like, like he does it against really good competition more times than not, which I think is also equally frustrating. Like he's going up yeah. against, um, you know, a, a couple of really good bigs 
in those two games against, uh, I mean, Indiana's got great big men. Like, like mm-hmm. Khalil Ware is terrific. Like, he's going up against some really talented guys, and he plays very well in those two games. Uh, you know, he played okay against IU. More, it was Texas 11 points, 9 rebounds. So, not quite a double double, but he only played 27 minutes and he fouled out. Was that a great game, though? 11 and 9? For him. Foul out. For him, I'd say. Let's take, throw him out of here. Is it a great game? No, you're, you're probably great is probably overstating it. Like, like he had stretches where he looked great, but I to say it was a great game overall, I think you're probably right. That's probably a little bit too much. Um, but I mean, he like, like there was a game last year against NC State, 14 points, 14 rebounds. That I, I think you can say that that was a great. That's game. That's a great game. Yeah. Um, he's he turns right around though. I think the frustrating thing for him is you see him. I mean, against Texas and Indiana, both those games he's got nine rebounds. He he's very active. He's doing what, and a guy like that, a guy with that size, playing the the type of defense that we play, he should have about eight, nine, ten rebounds every single game. And he turns right around. He goes against a New Mexico State team that is woeful. He plays twenty two minutes in that game. It's not like he didn't see the floor at all. Four rebounds, no points, only attempts two shots, and that just like that can't happen. To his credit, he's bounced back. Nine points, ten rebounds against Bellarmine. Fourteen points, nine rebounds against Virginia Tech. He's been more active in those two games. But I think it's frustrating to see like that level of skill. You can see why he was a five-star recruit. You can see why he was on some NBA draft radars. You can see why he came with Louisville with the intention of being a one-and-done guy. But like you've got to just expand it out for 35, 30 minutes, however long you're on the floor. Like There's no excuse to be taking plays off. And he and Jalen Withers, I think, fit that mold that just drives fans crazy, which is understandable. Uh, it was a it was a fun night of college hoops. Uh, UConn does get the win. They look very much the part of a a national title contender. They were pretty much in control that whole game, right? It got down to like five a couple times in the yeah. second half, but it never really felt like Carolina. And I still don't know what to think about Carolina. Anymore. I really wanted to watch that game, but I actually had it on my phone for a little bit, but I wasn't really paying attention to it with Indiana on. Gil was in a video game mood last night, so the two classic t- Gil two TV setup was a no shot. A Baylor blasted Seton Hall in the Big East Big 12 battle. That was no contest. I think I think Baylor's really good. Uh, Illinois toppled Florida Atlantic in the first game of the Jimmy V Classic doubleheader. That was pretty good. They looked good. That was a big win for them. FAU continues to be a little bit befuddling. They were on a, a great run going into that game, and they looked, for the most part, inferior to that team. Um, so it was a it was a solid night of hoops. Kansas, no problem with UMKC. I think the other only other team that played who's ranked was Gonzaga. Who rolled over somebody? That's fine, uh, but it was it was solid. We, we got big news to get to though. Coming up after the break, we'll talk about this Tyler Shuck deal. Louisville has maybe say it again for me. Shuck, like S H U C K. That's how it's pronounced. Okay, Tyler so Shuck. I brought that up on KRC this morning because they were like Show Shaw, and I was like, No, I think it's Shuck. I was like, I think this is the kid Mike was talking about yesterday. So when I had heard last week, it was either last week or two weeks ago. Like, I, I'd gotten tipped off. It was whenever Jawar Jordan made that tweet where it was like eyeball emojis like could be a reunion coming and everybody was like oh it's about Christian Fitzpatrick oh it's about Jordan Watkins oh it's about somebody else I'd gotten tipped off that it was about Tyler Shuck and, and that the staff w- was pretty set on on taking him over Tyler Van Dyke and being the transfer quarterback and somebody did text me and just say Trevor's got a, about four or five days I think to learn how to pronounce this kid's name <laughs> and, and then, like the next day I brought him up and Trevor was like is that how you pronounce it like right away and I was like I'm not gonna give it anything I was like you may you may need to just Put that in your memory. But it is Tyler Shuck. We'll talk about him coming up after the break and, and the fan reaction to it. I think there's a, a number of different takes here, and, and we'll get to some of them coming up here on 1450 It's the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Make a name. We're saving and saving. 
alternative here from Scoots. I like it. Come this, on. This reminds me of, it was the intro song for like NHL 2003 or 2004, the video game. <laughs> and we nice. played that game constantly my senior year of high school. Uh, we played, I mean, my, my freshman year of college too. But like it just reminds like, it was always, uh, it was one of the songs. Uh, there were a couple, the, the Sweetness by Jimmy Eat World was another one. It was a great soundtrack. Very much early 2000s alternative. But now I can't hear this without thinking of that. Welcome back in, Mike Rutherford Show, to, uh, Wednesday edition here on 1450-961, The Big X. Happy holiday season to you. We're going to take some text from you guys a little bit later at 502-414-1450. Before we do, let's talk about the, I think, the big story of the last 24 hours in the world of UofL sports. And, of course, it happens like an hour and a half or so after we get off the air yesterday, which is Louisville landing Texas Tech transfer quarterback Tyler Shuck. That's exactly what happened to KRC today. They got their they, guy. They, they get Brad Van or Brock Vandegraaff. Hour and a half after we got off the air. Yeah, that's it's. It, it seems to be the way that it works. But it, you know, every now and then one falls into your lap, and you know, breaking news happens while you're on the air. For the most part, it's like, oh, six ten. Let's get it. So you, you'll be talking about it almost twenty four hours after the fact, which is what we're doing here. But big news. You know, yesterday on the show, we were talking about Louisville being rumored to be attached to a number of the high profile quarterbacks in the in the portal. There was a report, uh, Pete Thamble saying DJ Uyunglele had Louisville and Florida State as kind of his top two choices. Louisville's on the list for Ohio State transfer Kyle McCord. And I think a lot of people wondered, where does that leave Louisville with with, with Tyler Shuck? A, a guy that we knew there had been mutual interest in for the last week or so. A guy who we knew had visited UofL officially, um, I think Sunday and Monday he was here. So... Shuck, I I don't know if it was one of those deals where UofL goes to him and they're like, if you want to, if you if you want this to happen, it's kind of now or never because we're talking to some other guys, or if maybe it was a situation where Louisville realized that the the price for some of the quarterbacks that they were targeting, the higher profile guys in the portal, was going to be just too much for them, and so they were like, okay, well, let's do the Tyler Shuck thing. But regardless, Tyler Shuck is coming here. He's a 24 year old seventh year quarterback. He spent three years at Oregon. And then three years at Texas Tech. Um, the good is that he was a redshirt freshman starter for the the Ducks in, in 2020 when he led them to the Pac-12 championship. Uh, yeah, solid numbers there. It was the only full year that he spent as a starting quarterback, which is is the bad. The, the guy has not been able to stay healthy. When he's been healthy, he's been pretty damn good. But that has been few and far between. He transfers after three years at Oregon to Texas Tech. He's the presumed starter in all three of those years and does start the season or plays part of the season as their starting quarterback, but gets hurt all three times. Most recently, a shoulder injury at the end of September ended his 2023 campaign. His best stretch, uh, really, at, at either place, came at the end of the 2022 season when he came back from, a, I think, a collarbone injury and was really good down the stretch for them. Led them to a four-game winning streak to end the season, put up 480 yards of total offense in a win over Oklahoma, put up 358 yards of total offense and was the MVP uh, in Texas Tech's win in the Texas Bowl. That was uh, as good as we've seen Tyler Shuck. I think the good with him is that he can make the types of throws that a guy like Jack Plummer couldn't make this season. I think there were, if you watched any Louisville game this year outside of maybe Boston College, you saw an offense where there were guys open there were throws available to be made that Jack Plummer just simply couldn't make. Shuck can make most of those throws. He's got a bigger arm. He's certainly more mobile. He can keep plays alive in a way that Plummer couldn't. And that's the other thing about him is that he is a true dual threat quarterback. He comes to Louisville 
having thrown in his college career, which is only 26 games. It's wild to think that with a guy who's been a uh, a starter for four of his six seasons. He's only played in 26 career games because the injuries keep popping up here. He's completed 355 passes for 4,625 yards with 26 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. He's also rushed for 714 yards and another 10 scores. There was a clip that came out from a game early this season. I think it was the game that Texas Tech played against Oregon where he hits 20 and a half miles per hour on a run, which is very, very fast for a quarterback. Like He can scoot. There's no question about it. And I think that Jeff Brom, I don't know if he said it anywhere else, but he said it on our show when we had him on the week after he got hired that in his ideal offense, he would love to have a dual-threat quarterback. I think a lot of people look at Brom and they look at the types of quarterbacks that he's coached, and they've said, you know, this is what he wants. It's it's old-school Bobby Petrino ball, the tall, statuesque, prototypical NFL quarterback, you know, the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady-type mold, big guys with big arms that just kind of stand back there and sling it. And he said on our show, he was like, I ideally, for this time period in college football, I think the best offenses have guys that can do a little bit of both. And he, you know, he kind of said, I saw myself as a dual-threat quarterback before dual-threat quarterbacks were a thing, you wanna, so you I'd love to the, coach one. You want to hear the promo? Because I could probably say it by heart by this point. Oh, can you see? I, I don't even know if I've ever heard that. I, I really don't know if I've heard that. But it, it plays all the time. They don't play on our show. The you only know, one that I ever heard was Eric Wood on my birthday, which was on for like a year and a half. But You know, back when I played, I liked to run around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> he did say that. That was the. I think that was the exact quote. So Tyler Shuck fits that mold. Like He is a guy who will be able to – Take advantage of, of some gaps, especially if teams overplay Louisville's running backs next year, which is another element of this whole thing. Jawar Jordan had let it be known, if, if hey, if Tyler Shuck comes, this is my old high school quarterback, we're still very, very close friends, I might I might be coming back for another year. And getting Jawar Jordan, it would be a nice little package deal here. Uh, I, th- I think you saw one of the first things that Shuck did after he tweeted his commitment last night was, a picture of him and Jawar in high school and said, trying to get this backfield reunited. And I think that that would excite Louisville fans a, a, a ton like, to have Jawar back, first team All ACC running back, who looked like maybe the best running back in the country before he got dinged up late in October. That would be a, a huge part of this as well. But I, I, like, I, I talked about a couple of times this season, people got very frustrated with the Evan Conley package that would come out. It, it seemed to be at key times in big games. And, and I think what it all boiled down to was the staff saw huge running lanes for a quarterback when, when they would run that little read option play because teams were so focused on Jawar after he became you know, the, the second leading rusher in college football after the first half of the season that they would call design runs for Jack Plummer every now and then just because like even with Plummer's lack of mobility, there were six, seven, eight yards there to be gained just by a guy who could like jog lightly. That, that's how open those spaces were. And I think they wanted to take advantage of that, so that's why they would trot Evan Conley, who's got a little bit more giddy-up out there for some of those plays. If those gaps are still open next year, Tyler Shuck's a guy who's going to exploit them. And I think that's what the staff wants to do. The injuries are concerning. I, I think what makes them, like, most of these injuries are just broken bones. It's not like a recurring ACL, MCL type deal. It's not like he's got something that just could never fully heal. He just like these are kind of freakish injuries. I don't know if he's not drinking enough milk or what's going on, <laughs> but that makes you like Do that. Any ma- of us? Yeah, not anymore. That makes you feel a little bit more comfortable in his ability to maybe stay healthy than it would if it was just like he's constantly tearing that ACL. It's clearly like he's not as fast as he used to be. There's something wrong. It's never fully repairing. These have just been kind of some freakish injuries that have happened 
throughout the course of, of his you know 55 years as a college quarterback. I do want to watch like I, I will fully admit I've only seen the highlight videos of him that are posted throughout the the, the internet. I want to sit down and watch like a full Texas Tech game from this year or from last year at some point because the interception numbers are concerning. There's no way around. He's thrown 26 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. That says to me that this is a guy who just takes some chances and maybe throws some some passes that he shouldn't because whether he reads the field or has too much faith in his arm strength, something's happening to where he's he's giving the ball away too much. And you would understand why Louisville fans would be concerned about that given how many interceptions that Jack Plummer threw this year and how often it, it, it costs us in big-time games and big-time spots. So I, I want to see if that's like a product of the we're going to throw the ball 48 times a game Texas Tech offense or if it's something that's, that, that's more concerning. I can't answer that question right now. I do get the concern that Louisville fans have with this. You've got because the reaction to this when it was first sort of floated out there last week was there was significant pushback, and you've seen I, I've seen a decent amount of that over the last twenty four hours as well, and I understand it. Louisville's coming off of a season where I think people look at us and say ten and three is great. We could have easily been thirteen and over twelve and one if we'd had a better quarterback. And the point that Trevor has always made is when you've got a six-year quarterback, you just kind of have to understand that there are limitations there because if there weren't, he wouldn't be a six-year quarterback. He would be in the NFL somewhere or you know, at least trying to play professionally and getting, getting paid to play the game in a non-NIL situation, and I get that. With Tyler Shuck, it's a little bit different because I mean, his coach today, his head coach today said when, when the commitment was made official, like, I'm so excited for him to go to Louisville. Louisville's getting a pro quarterback. And I think they're – assertion if you're U of L is is like this guy could be a pro if he just had stayed healthy. And if we get a full season of him, a full 13, 14 games of him being healthy, like he's gonna give us a lot more than Jack Plummer gave us last season. How realistic is that? How true is it? I've got no better idea than you do. The other thing that that Louisville fans are concerned about is what this does to the other quarterbacks in the roster. I do think like if there's something encouraging here I do think bringing Shuck in allows for more of an off-season competition than if you'd gone. Like if you get Kyle McCord or you get DJ Uyunglele or you get Howard or you know, I mean Cam Ward's never an option for us. They, some of the other guys were never options. But if you get that type of player, then everybody knows from day one, like that's your quarterback for next year. It's a Jack Plummer situation with Shuck. I think that he's probably got a leg up on the competition. He's the favorite if you're making odds, but it's not a done deal. I mean, this, this is a guy who he's been like a, a kind of a, a partial starter because of the injuries. He's never he hadn't played a full season in four years at this point. It's, I think, very much a, a situation where the staff will say, "Hey, if if Harrison Bailey, if Pierce Clarkson, if Brady Allen, if Deuce Adams, if they look better from January to August than than Tyler Shuck does." They're our guy. Like, 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 we want you to go into this offseason with the mindset of I'm going to go out there and win the starting job. And I think there's a, a there's a world where that happens, where like Shuck is a guy that they bring in. They have got maybe a package for him, sort of a dual threat situation. But this is Harrison Bailey's team. This is Pierce Clarkson's team. This is whoever's team. Like, that's a more realistic thing. I think it also, because of the injuries and because of some of the inconsistency in recent years. It also puts the the staff and these quarterbacks that are on the roster in a situation where you've got to have at least one guy that's ready to go. If you 
if you're putting all your eggs in the Tyler Shuck basket, like there's a chance that a he gets hurt, b he's just not good enough. Like like maybe the he's throwing too many picks. Maybe he's he's lost a step because of some of these injuries. Maybe he's just not as confident as he was before all the injuries. And if that's the case, like you better have a a Harrison Bailey or a Pierce Clarkson or a Brady Allen or a whoever who's ready to step in and win football games for you right off the bat. And I think that they're going to go into this offseason, the staff and the quarterback room, knowing that full well. I get why Louisville fans are, some of them, are underwhelmed. I think if if he's fully healthy and he's got a full grasp of the playbook, I think he's a guy that can win a ton of games for you next year. I really do. Those are two big ifs. You're putting a lot of weight on the if there. I think he's got more natural ability than Jack Plummer. I think he opens the playbook up in a way that Jeff Brom and company want the playbook book to be opened. But injuries are a concern. Turnovers are a concern. Some of the consistency issues are a concern. So it's it's a gamble. I, I think it's one that's probably worth taking. Like I, I like him more than I like bringing in Tyler Van Dyke, and I did not hate bringing in Tyler Van Dyke as much as, as a lot of Louisville fans did. So that begs the question, and I'm sure I'm not the only one sitting here thinking it, but is Louisville done with quarterback at the transfer portal? I mean, you just named a heck of a lot of question marks. Sure. That is definitely a question. I I haven't gotten a firm answer. The only person who like might know, and this isn't like an inside source person, was like, I think that they're still gonna gonna, gonna do some work. Like okay. the, they will kick the tires on some guys. I, I think the issue is I mean, because we talked about it yesterday, and if the plan for a Harrison Bailey or a Pierce Clarkson to take over next year after getting some some learning experience behind a more experienced guy, why not bring in two experienced guys to have a quarterback battle? I mean, if, if you're getting good experience and, and learning from one guy, why not have two of those, make them battle it out for the quarterback spot? The answer to your question is, and this is where it sounds ridiculous talking about college football in, the, in these terms, but this is where we are, <laughs> is that you don't have an unlimited bag of money. Like you're having to make you're having to make decisions the same way that professional franchises do when it comes to free agency because this is very much a free agent market, and I think the staff looked at it and said I think they could have gotten DJU I think they could have gotten Kyle McCord it was going to cost them low seven figures there's some guys now that who I don't know if these rumors are true I don't think they are but there's some talk about some quarterbacks demanding eight figures that are out there the Campbell Wards of the world that 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 crew Louisville simply doesn't have They've got some solid NIL money. We've seen that the last couple of years. They've gotten some some good help. They don't have Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oregon, SEC level NIL money. They, they, <laughs> Just everyone in the SEC. They can't. Yeah. They, they, well, Even not, Vandy. Not Vandy. <laughs> not Vandy and not a couple others. But everybody else, they, they can't go into a bidding war with. They're not going to win. And so I think it became a situation where it's like, do we put all of our eggs in – the DJU basket or the the whoever basket and run the risk of not having enough NIL to go out and get other guys at positions of need. I mean, because now you're talking about there's there are very real conversations happening about Jamari Thrash and Jawar Jordan coming back next year, which seem to be off the table as recently as, as as a month ago. If that happens, like you're gonna ha- like they're gonna have to get paid by somebody. Like that's gonna cost you money. They're gonna have to totally revamp that defensive line, especially if Afton, Ashton Jalati goes pro. That's going to cost you. Like they are targeting some very high-profile guys at other positions in the transfer portal, and you've got to have nil for that. So it became like, do we want to be thin at every other spot and maybe get gashed as a defense next year 
but have a quarterback who, let's be real, like DJU, Kyle McCord, they were, they've been good, but if they had been stellar, they'd still be at Clemson and Ohio State respectively. Like, like Ohio State fans were not sad to see Kyle McCord leave. Like, they were ready for him to be gone. DJU at Clemson was was not good. He went to Oregon State and he was better, but he wasn't an All Pac-12 first team caliber quarterback. He he wasn't he wasn't Bo Nix and he wasn't Michael Penix. He wasn't really close to those guys. Like, I don't know if the 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 value for them, what they're demanding, is really worth it. And I, I think the staff looked at Tyler Shuck and they said, yeah, it's more of a gamble, but we trust in our abilities. We trust our offense. Look at what we did with Jack Plummer last year. This kid's got more ability than Jack Plummer if he stays healthy, and if he doesn't, we trust that we've got at least one quarterback on this roster who can still win us games if we have enough studs around him. And now that's what we're going to do with that extra NIL money. And these look, it's crazy to talk about college football in those terms, but these are the decisions that coaching staffs have to make. My, How, where do you want to spend your money? Unless you're one of these schools that has an unlimited bank account. My point is just if the money's there and the value's right, but why not go out and get another? Similarly priced guy, and I'm doing that with air quotes. Yeah, as Tyler Shuck, you know, I don't think there is one. Like, like he is, he's cheaper because of all the injuries. Because- I would just, well, that's the thing. I would. My, my, there's got to be somebody else out there sim- with a similar type of story because I just, if I'm a Louisville fan and that's what we're bringing in, I have got to have some sort of insurance policy. I think your insurance policy is the four guys that you have coming back, or you hope that one of them is good enough that yeah. that I mean look Brady Allen, Pierce Clarkson, Harrison Bailey all came into college football with solid accolades. These are all top 35 quarterbacks in their class. You would think that with those skills, I mean cuz you know, there are some quarterbacks in the top 35 every single year who are just bust, who are just overrated and we're never going to hack it. But it's like like that shouldn't you shouldn't have three of those in a row. Like the odds say that one of those guys is as good as they were advertised coming out of high school, and it's on their coaching staff to bring that greatness out of them. And I think this you know you've got a staff that has done great with quarterbacks that that trust their ability to coach quarterbacks. And I think you have to just hope that they're going to get it done and have one of these guys. And you know you throw Deuce Adam, Adams in that mix as well. You, true freshman is not ideal to throw out there, but maybe maybe he's got the goods. He's going to enroll early. He'll have that extra couple months of uh, of time. I think you just have to say if Shuck's not good enough or if he gets hurt, we trust Jeff Brom and the staff's ability to have one of the other four guys ready to at least be good enough to win us games. If that defense is as good as it was last year, and if that running game is as good as it was last year, which it should be if you bring back Jawar Jordan and Maurice Turner and Keewan Brown, like you, you've got some dudes back there that are going to help a lot. Um, so, I mean, I, I think there are I, – I get why Louisville fans aren't exactly throwing a ticker tape parade over this news, especially when they'd been linked to some higher-profile guys yesterday. But I do think that it could, 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 could wind up working very well for us. It is kind of crazy. He was 24 years old. He started playing college football in 2018. <laughs> I mean, that's just it's, – it's nuts. We're doing this for another year. But that's – such is life in college football. And pretty soon, it won't be an option. We'll be back to the standard – Freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, redshirt, senior type deal. I can't wait because it'll be easier to keep track of. No doubt. All right, we'll hear from you guys on Lee Thornton's text line after the break, 502-414-1450. Your thoughts, we'll get to them in hour number two. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 
roaming around, always looking down at all I see. I wanted to, uh, I, I wanted to play this out a little bit longer so I could get to the boat. It would be, it would have taken too long. So I could be, someone like Scoots. <laughs> Somebody. Well, I'll sing it that way on the someone way out. Someone like Scoots. Welcome in four o'clock hour here. Mike Rutherford Show, 1450 961 The Big X. Should have uh, planned that out better. Some, well, I mean, you know what I was doing. <laughs> there was a good song la- la- last time. Or no, it was uh, Scoots Day. Last time you were on here, where we were, Tuesday was Scoots Day. We missed it yesterday. We missed Scoots Day. Damn. Every day is Scoots Day here at The Big X. He's everywhere. Uh, Scooter Dingus, a.k.a. Justin Kalen, is in the house today. Follow him on Twitter, at Justin Kalen, PXP. Uh, Trevor Kelsey will be back on Monday. I still Do we know what we're doing on Friday? Because you're here again tomorrow. I, I am. Is there any? I don't. I don't know if there's any plan for Friday. Uh, yeah, I don't know. All I know is I'm here till Thursday. Because Trevor's plan was, yeah, completely what he laid out. I've not heard from him in a couple of days. Was not what, what I was told. But I think last I'd heard, he was trying to get Rashawn to come in on Friday. We'll see if that winds up happening. But it's okay. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll make it happen. Scoots, are you a uh, are you a candy cane guy this time of year? Uh, no, not not so much. I, I enjoy mint, but yeah, no, I'm. No. Well, nowadays they have like, everybody has their own line of candy cane. It's not just mint anymore. It's not just peppermint. It's not just the old traditional flavors. And I did so like two years ago. I think I I was trying to try as many candy canes as I could. I did a candy cane ranking here on do the show. You, are, are, do you eat the whole candy cane? Well, I mean, I don't. Just, I'm, not, I'm not a heathen. I'm not just like taking one bite and, and throwing it. Do away. you do the thing where you sharpen it like a sword? Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I do. Sometimes I just take big like like, like like five or six bites. It depends on the mood. But a couple of years ago, I was doing like I'm trying all the various types of candy canes because candy canes are all the rage now. Mm-hmm. Every, every if you make food, you have your own flavor of candy cane that's out there. And unfortunately, last year I was doing with with the long COVID stuff like no sugar whatsoever still at this point, and so it, it, it sucked. The candy cane ranks took a hiatus. I'm still not back, not as much sugar as I used to, which is probably a good thing anyway. But I have tried a few candy canes. So we've got a quick early season update for you guys. Sweet tart candy canes are the best. Like that. It, just incredible. I'm bringing one in here for the show. Usually, they're tremendous. I've had uh, the new. There are uh, Kool Aid candy canes. What Kool Aid flavored candy canes? Not terrible. Not as bad as you think. The on- only flavor that they have them in is, is strawberry, which is fine. They're they're good. That's the worst Kool Aid. Cherry, but Kool-Aid's the only the candy. Yeah, I don't, it's the only one that they have. If you want to find out where they have all the variety of candy canes, it's the Dollar Store, the Dollar General. After we go to my, my daughter does ballet on Saturday mornings. And afterwards, she wants to go. She calls it the dollar spot. She's like, dollar spot, dollar spot. Let's go. The only business in this area that there's more of than Thornton's. God, there's so many of them. But they, they, every corner, incredible deals. Like the dollar spot's got everything. It's great. But they've they have like they legit have like 75 different types of candy canes. It's crazy. There's like and weird stuff too. It's like Burger King chicken sandwich candy cane. Stuff that, stuff that I don't want to try, but stuff that I've never seen anywhere. But I did try. I, I enjoy Cold Stone Creamery. It's a, it's a good place for ice cream. And they had their own candy canes this year. And I'm thinking, like, I like this flavor of, of cold, like, this birthday cake celebration flavor that you've had. I've had it before. It's delicious. I'm assuming I'll like the candy cane. No. <laughs> cold Stone, you, you can pass. If you see the Cold Stone Creamery candy canes out there, folks, you can go ahead and pass. It's a distant third on my candy cane rankings. I will be trying more. If you've got recommendations, hit me on the text line, 502-414-1450, or wherever you can find me. The candy cane top 25 will continue throughout December. Right now, sweet tarts. Very clear favorite. Very clear favorite. Hmm. Uh, I think there's some other good ones, too. But we'll, we'll get there. We'll make it happen. It is your show. We love hearing from you on the text line. Hit us up at 502-414-1450. While you're at it, download the Refreshing Rewards app from Thornton's. 
It'll save you money at the pump. It'll save you money inside. Anytime you stop into one of this area's 76,952 Thornton's locations, there's that many of them for a reason. They know what they're doing. And they're hooking up with the best deals all holiday season long. Text us after you do all that. Again, 502-414-1450. Let's hear what you've had to say. Let's make the, <laughs> the first text that I see is not the most recent, but just said he's Trevor in jail. Uh, not that I know of. He wouldn't survive. Maybe. He would not Trevor would have a rough time in jail. He would. He would act like he'd be. That's a, all I get for dinner? <laughs> he'd act like he'd be a hard ass, but he would be terrible in, in jail. Well, the one time he did have to go to a holding cell, he was talking about how freaked out he was, and some guy took a joint out of his butt and offered it to him. By the way, have you watched the show Suits at all? I, so my friends, I, why is everybody just starting to watch Suits now? I've got like three friends that are like, I've started watching yeah, Suits. I I Megan Markle didn't know much about her before, but like she was smoking. I haven't watched it, but my roommate's been watching it, and there was a pretty crazy jail scene last night. Did you think about Trevor? No, but I thought differently about how I would act if I ever went to jail. <laughs> okay. Guy made a series of critical mistakes and he paid for it i can't even imagine there was one of my favorite memories when we were doing the show in jeffersonville this summer when we were over there every single day was like i, I think i i think it was before the show it was either before, right before or right after but like i just gotten there and the, the one of the annoying things about having to do the show out there is i never had a key and trevor had it and trevor mm-hmm. of course gets there at like 301 so i would just have to sit there and i'm like rushing to get set up and i'm rushing the internet was never working i could never get the show tweet up but so trevor of course pulls in at like 303 and right after he gets there two cop cars like come flying in and i was like oh it's finally happening <laughs> like they <laughs> they've, they've got him for something and i was like i'm gonna have to get deposed they're gonna have to talk to me i'm like this is gonna be a whole thing this is terrible and instead, they just like it was two cops who were just like using the little the big parking lot to oh, like yeah. do, turn around, and talk to each other yeah. about something. But there, like, there was a helicopter going above us at one point too. I'm like, damn, it's it's finally happening. We're gonna hear how Trevor's gonna live in jail. It's but not- no, with your background, you would like suits, I think. Okay, my one year of law school background. Yeah, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I would. I like that Trevor puts his. He's like, you're one year of law school with my 55 years of watching CSI. I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's not the same thing. Texas says, imagine you're on the top sleepers playoff committee. I'm assuming that means top secret playoff committee. And you got one playoff spot left. Who are you putting in, Scoots or Danny Manning? I think Scoots causes Danny Manning falling asleep on the bench. I think Scoots caused Danny Manning would fall asleep on the bench and would actually indicate poor sleep performance. Style points matter. Oh, this is, uh, sorry. I'm now just figuring out what this text means. I have no idea. It's a... It's a competition for the top sleepers. And he's oh. saying for the one seed, would you go with Scoots or Danny Manning, who does seem to be asleep Text constantly her. on the UFL? Texter, texter, texter. I fell asleep during a Kevin Hart comedy show. No, you didn't. Last, last November. Yes, I did. How? I missed. I watched him probably the first 30 minutes, and I slept through, through probably the last hour of I his mean, stand-up. Were you under the influence? I was because that changes things. That you know, people, people, you can pass out. Yeah, Barnos was serving a little <laughs> too much pregame. I don't. Also, first of all, not a ringing endorsement of Kevin Hart shows. But second of all, well, you know what? The, the, the go ahead, finish your second. Of all. I was just gonna say, not like that's not that's not the same as just being super tired and not being able to stay awake. That's true. Like the alcohol and the the, the whatever can put you in a little bit of a funk. I did. Uh, I did have a pretty good nightmare the night of that though, when I actually went home and went to bed of. Like that exact scenario happening and him looking up and seeing me asleep and just calling me out in front of this whole 
freaking door. <laughs> that, that would oh, be terrible. Man. Hey, hey, you! It's one of my biggest fears. I've been to a decent amount of comedy shows and I, like bigger comedy shows, and I never want to sit too close because I just don't want to be. I don't. I don't want to point it out. To I, be I don't honest, want to be a part of it. To be honest with you, though, the and nothing against Kevin Hart. I think he's a pretty funny guy, but. And I, I don't even remember the guy's name, but the guy who went before him was way more funny than Kevin Hart. Couldn't make quite the impression on you. Don't even remember his name. Yeah. Didn't I mean, care to look him up. I, I'm sure I could find it. I'm sure you probably could. I had a I had a nightmare last night that you'll appreciate. Okay. So we talked about you, you and I have the, the last time that I golfed was actually with you um in, in Indiana. Have not golfed yet. It was it was a fantastic time. Have not golfed since then. Haven't golfed as much as I'd like to the last couple of years. But I so I've never hit a hole in one. <clears throat> never hit one. I've never been with somebody who's hit a hole in one. I've got friends who have, but just never when we've been playing together. So That's I had a dream. Like my dream. I same. So I had a dream last night. First of all, it was one of those weird dreams where like it's a par three, but it's also it's like a twenty yard chip under a tree. But it's <laughs> a par three, and this is my ultimate nightmare. So I, I hit it, perfect shot, rolls in the hole. I'm going nuts. It's a hole in one. None of my friends are looking. <laughs> And then none of them believe me that it happened. They're like, they're like, eh, whatever. And like, I'm like, it's in the hole. Like, I pulled out. And they're like, yeah, you, you put that in there. Like, they, they, <laughs> which is my biggest nightmare. Is like, I would when I would hit a hole in one for whatever reason, everyone would be distracted. I'm playing with, and nobody would actually see it go in, and there'd be no reaction. My very first eagle, I was playing with two guys, and neither of them saw it go in. That would suck. And they they actually had me convinced that it rolled off the back of the green. And so when I looked up and looked in the hole, that was pretty sweet. By the way, hole in one. That's like the one. reverse that happened with me when you guys all convinced me that I'd made the eagle from like 220 <laughs> yeah, yards out. True. And then I, it had rolled off the back of the green when I walked out. <laughs> exactly. There. No, I, I saw a thing today. You know those golf simulators that people do? Yeah. They've got them at Elk Run as well. But if you hit a hole in one on that, does it count? No. I, I had a friend who's done that. He asked. I'm like, no, it doesn't count. I don't, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I don't think it counts. I the simulators are fun to a certain point. I, I get too frustrated because I'm like, I'm one of those guys. Like I've got no feel for it. Like like when the simulator shows it going one place, I'm like, I didn't hook that. Like that's terrible. And putting's yeah. impossible on those things. Uh, yeah, I'm always skeptical about the validity of them as well. I just don't trust. I don't trust the technology. Yeah, it's not that it, it, I'm not bad at golf. It's the technology's <laughs> fault. That's what's where we've gotten. Uh, Texas says not scoots again. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, this guy. Jeez. The most recent text was from Tuesday. We're like, can Scoots do the show on Spotify? I guess he didn't like your answer. No, sorry, bud. Uh, the gotta make him say no guy is at, b- back in at 308. Matt Painter. Gotta make him say no. Oh, please take Matt Painter. Texas Scooter A. Dingus, S A D. Sad. Sad. It's your, your acronym. What's your real where, middle name? Wait, where'd the A come from? I think he's just he's guessing. Mm. My real middle name is the exact same as Mr. Trevor's. I don't know Trevor's middle name. What? I have no idea. You don't know Trevor's middle name? No. I don't think he's ever told me. Unbelievable. Michael. Well, maybe he did, because that's my, it's my middle name, too. We all three have the same middle name. How about that? Pretty common back in the day. Yeah. I, 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 I wish I would have went your route, though, because I don't like the name Justin so much. I wish I'd go by my middle name. So you're, I'm John Michael. You're Justin Michael. We're very mm-hmm. close. Yeah. But different last name, obviously. Texas, uh, so is Tyler Shuck to be predicted to be our starter next season because there seems to be a lot of people declaring that he is, and it seems way too early to say that based on his numbers and injury history. I mean, th- this was sent in before. We got into the whole Tyler Shuck discussion. I would say he's got a leg up. I, I-, I think that it will be like-, like last year going into spring practice when they released a depth chart. It was Jack Plummer, and then everybody underneath him had an or next to their name. I think this will be a year where where Jeff Brom, if he does release a depth chart in, in during the spring, like everybody's got an or, where he'll just open it up and say it's a full 
competition. I, I think if you're making odds at home, you'd be foolish to have anybody but Tyler Shuck as the favorite. But I don't think it's as much of a we're handing him the reins. It's very clearly his team situation as it was a year ago, which is I mean that's it's a good way to make sure that you're keeping guys like Pierce Clarkson and, and Brady Allen and Harrison Bailey and Deuce Adams if you like them and you you believe in their ability to be good at some point in their college careers, which I think that the staff does with a couple of those guys. Texter says, um, I missed the first 10 minutes. Did you mention Ricky Jones' article where he says he wishes Kenny was coaching the volleyball team? I, I, I read the Ricky Jones article. This is the the portion of the the column that the, the texter sends in. It's a, he said, I smiled to myself. I like this man. L needs more like him. I wish he coached volleyball. I'd want my daughter to play for him. This is not just a good coach. He's a good man. I would encourage every Louisville fan, alum, and supporter to sit back, reflect, and understand what you have in Coach Kenny Payne as you judge him during these trials. He's one of the few good things your school has these days. You might lose a few games in the short run, but there's a greater work of art in the offering, and he's the man to produce it. It's a terrible example to use because the volleyball has maybe the best coach, I think for my money, the best coach on Floyd Street and Danny Busbim Kelly who's also a fantastic person and does wonders with these young ladies. Um, so to say, like, uh, Kenny Payne would be great coaching the volleyball team because he's such a good person is a terrible example to use. He would have won more volleyball games than basketball games up to this point, though, right? With the talent. And, I mean, I know there's way more Just talent sitting probably there not doing the volleyball anything. team. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> I mean, I think the basketball team would have won more games <laughs> without him <laughs> last year either, too. But, I, I mean, it's just – it's another one of those, like, calling out the fans for being impatient when – I think that there's, it, it, like these people can keep writing stuff. Like you can have as many national voices and local voices saying, you know, you, you've got to wait. You got to let's see if Louisville can be as loyal to Kenny Payne as Kenny Payne's been to them. Uh, all this stuff. The reality is, if he doesn't win more this year, it, it's over. Because that's what it all comes down to: is wins and losses. And you can't, you can't have a 10, 11, 12 win season the year after having the worst season in the 110-year history of the program and just expect to to waltz into year three because there's too much money, there's too much at stake in all this. And you, we also live in an era where teams are turning things around very quickly. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll make the examples again because I saw somebody who was like, who, what teams are turning things around very quickly? Iowa State won two games three years ago, went to the Sweet 16 the next year. Kansas State finished last in the Big 12 two years ago, uh, finished second in the Big 12, and went to the Elite Eight last year. The transfer portal has changed things. The best coaches are flourishing in college sports, and it's not hard to see why. Like they know what they're doing; they're getting the most out of their talent. You can, like, if this season goes horribly, there is a world in which Louisville, if they make the right hire, can be back next year, can be back in, in top twenty-five. Good. Like I think you want to build things certainly, but with the right guy, this can be an NCAA tournament team next year. Hey, I meant to bring this up to you, but on Monday when I was listening, you said you still see 13 to 17 wins out of this team. How about this? I'll meet you in the middle at 15. A little 500? Huh? Huh? It is, and what? what? What about it? What about winning 15 games? Is there, that, That's what you think? No, that's what I'm saying. If you think 13 to 17, I'll meet you in the middle at 15, and we'll do 500. Oh, over under? Yeah. I'm not betting that they're going to win <laughs> over 15 games. Are you kidding me? No, just wanted to gauge your confidence level. I mean, I'm not Trevor. That's not. <laughs> that's not a. That's not a bet I'm willing to take. I mean, I think that they'll like that range. I mean, it it may be like if you're asking me, like, do I think that which side do I lean on? Them winning more than 17 games or fewer than 13 games? I lean towards them winning fewer than 13 games because 
all I have to work off of are what, what I saw last year yeah. and what I've seen so far this year. And like the the talent, the team that played, I mean, hell, the, the team that played against Virginia Tech on Sunday, it's not a good team, but it's a team that should win 13, 14, 15 games this year, that should win you know, the, the three non conference games they have left besides Kentucky, and then should probably win at least five, six, seven games in the ACC. And that right there gets you to, to 13, 14 wins. So, like, my my lack of faith is in their ability to remain consistent or, or to keep getting better. Because everyone says, well, they're going to get better, they're going to gel. They are. Every team in college basketball gets better. And if you're you know, 165 on Ken Palm right now, 279 in the net, what is your ceiling? Like, are we okay with being a top 110 team? Because th- th- that's just not the standard here. And it's not the standard that anybody would have signed up for for any coach in their second year when we were making this decision, you know, 20 months ago or whenever it was. I'll, I'll remind, I mean, like for all the, think about the worst teams of the Ken Palm era before the last two seasons. Think about, you know, Rick Pitino's first team in, in 2003, the, or 2002, I should say. The team that was, you know, for a while there, maybe flirted with being NCAA tournament good. They went 8-8 eight and eight in Old Conference USA. Old Conference USA, the conference we hated we had to get out of. They lost to Marquette. They went to the NIT. We lost to Temple in the NIT. That team, that, that was terrible. One of the Patino's worst teams. They were 61 on Ken Palm. 61. <laughs> Over 100 spots better than where we are right now. The 06 team, the, the team, you know, we go to the 05 Final Four. We lose to Illinois. We come back. It's the first year of the Big East. We're preseason top, uh, top whatever, like top fifteen, top ten. I think we get to top five in the country, and then we have a. We barely make the Big East tournament. They win six games in, in the Big East, and it's this t- disaster of a season. Go to the NIT again. That team, forty six on Ken Palm. <laughs> again, over a hundred spots better than where we are right now, and we're sitting here saying, well, you know, it's, it's better. One sixty is better than one ninety. It's just it, the fact that we're having these conversations is beyond depressing. Texture says the guy who leaked USC to the UCLA on uh, to Big Ten on Twitter, he came out and said the SEC and the Big Ten teams have started having talks with NFL teams about the NFL donating to their NIL collective to create pseudo farm teams for these NFL teams. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it certainly seems like all the news that's coming out recently, and you've got the NCAA like trying to to essentially create separate divisions for bigger programs, like. I agree. I think it was Rick Pitino who made the point during one of his preseason press conferences where he was like, just let football go do its own thing. Like, let football be its own entity. Let every other conference go back to being you know, what it was like 20 years ago, where you've, you, you're maintaining regional rivalries. I think everybody would sign up for that mm-hmm. because the other sports get hurt. I mean, the you, you think that USC volleyball is pumped about traveling across the country on a Tuesday night to go play in Piscataway, New Jersey against Rutgers. It's great that time of the year. Like it, it, it's terrible. Like it, it sucks for everybody besides the biggest money sport, which is football. And it sucks for the football programs a lot too. And certainly the fan bases don't want it. The like basketball has been really, really hurt, losing longtime rivalries. It just it it all sucks. And if football is clearly the driving force in all of this, then cool. Let football go be its own thing. Let it be like a team with 50, a sport with 50 teams that are competing for 12 or 16 playoff spots, and then everything else goes back to the way that it was. Like, let's just make that happen. Texas says, did you watch the debut of ACC basketball on the CW on Saturday? Duke was upset by Georgia Tech, and in the postgame interview of Miami-Notre Dame, 
the camera malfunctioned and was zoomed in all the way on Jim Laranega's Adam's apple. This <laughs> confirms the CW curse is still alive and well. This is so... I knew that GT beat Duke. This is the first that I don't think I knew that the game was on the CW. I was just in such focus on the football team playing the conference championship. The CW curse is a very, very real thing. I think that we're as more time goes on, the more that we're realizing just how sinister this thing is. Nothing good happens on the CW if you're a favorite team, and even if you are a favorite team, bad like Jordan Travis, the injury happened CW game. Florida State didn't lose that game. They played pretty poorly against Alabama State or whoever it was, uh, but they lost. Like they basically lost their shot at a national title because of the CW curse. Speaking of zoomed all the way in, you want to hear a quick funny story? Yes. So when I was in high school, I want to say I was probably a junior at the time. I was a basketball girls basketball manager. Well, this game I was tasked with recording the game, so I'm doing my whole thing with the camera. We're in. We're during a timeout. Statement: The Indiana girl. I'm dating her at this time. Okay, she's a cheerleader, and it was it was a big game for whatever reason. The cheerleaders were there, and I was like zoomed all the way in on Indiana girl. (laughs) Go into the cafeteria. I I guess I had my buddy take over something. Go into the cafeteria to get a. That's where our concession stands were. Go to get something. The game is up in the cafeteria. (laughs) <laughs> on the, a wall with this huge projector on it, and the everybody in there just saw me completely zoomed in on Indiana Girl. Were you all dating at this point? We were, yeah. Okay, but that, well, was, that makes it better. It was still super embarrassing. That's the, the, the super that's, that's, embarrassing. That's pretty bad. <laughs> that, that's awful. Uh, a little bit of breaking news here. Hey, not pertaining to local sports, but it seems like it sounds like. The uh, Padres are expected to trade Juan Soto to the Yankees. In, Whoa. They're going to get uh, two top 15 prospects, Drew Thorpe and Randy Vasquez, but Juan Soto going to the Yankees. There had been some, like, a little bit of buzz that the Reds were going to, like, go after Juan Soto. And I was like, can't afford it. I was like, please, let's let, let's calm down, everybody. Like, this is there's no way in hell that this is going to happen. Let's just enjoy having the number two draft pick. Reds can't afford anybody big in free agency unless they want to give away three or four of those big pieces. God, and every team is exploiting it too. Like they're like you know they're going after the CSA, the, the White Sox pitcher, and they're asking for like you know, you know just like all of your prospects and stuff. Yeah. We're like no, like but they know they can rake us up the coals. And the thing that also sucks about the Reds is they've got to overpay any pitcher that's going to go there because no one wants to pitch a Great American Ballpark. Mm-hmm. So you know. Like we got the the reliever from the Twins. Everyone's like, "Why are you giving him sixteen mil over two years?" Because you got to overpay if you want anybody to come pitch at that park yep. that you don't draft. Texture says, "Just realize." Oh, hold on. Was Rogier the smoothest guard of the millennial generation? Maybe Wheat. Older fans would probably put Gordon up there. And I know that there are others, but you are you you all are talking about Terry. Just reminded me of how good he was. So confident with the ball in his hands. Also, I would crush Scoots in a sleeping contest. Okay, I just realized buddy. that last sentence was poorly phrased. Okay. Wouldn't even be close. Terry Rozier, that was definitely smooth is the right word. Like he had a he also had a bounce to his game. I remember writing halfway through his sophomore year that I thought he was going to be the best NBA guard of the Patino era at Louisville. And I still like as good as he's been, he has not been a superstar like Donovan Mitchell. If you had told me when both those guys were were leaving Louisville, who's going to be the better pro, I would have said Terry Rozier like he had a great mid-range game he was great at getting to the rim he had that bounce he was the handles were just good enough and we saw more of him and honestly 
in, in the couple of years that he was here, then I think we saw you know, Donovan played a backup role as a freshman, really didn't become a star in his sophomore year until we got to conference play. Like Terry was the more consistent player. He was putting up outrageous numbers that sophomore year, but uh, but Donovan was ended up being very, very good. But I think Terry still, there's smooth is the right word. There's a smoothness to his game that you haven't seen from, from other Louisville guards. I'm trying to think of who else would be. Carly Jones was pretty smooth. But he had a wonky little outside shot, which he was fun. He was very fun. I, 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 one of the biggest travesties of this recent run of Louisville basketball is that Carly never got a chance to to really get the true Louisville experience. Never got to play in front of a a good Yum Center crowd because it was COVID, and then of course didn't get a chance to play in the NCAA tournament, which which, which sucked. Mitch Barnhart, thank you for that. <laughs> just, cr- just crushing dreams. Texas, honestly, us not getting DJ Ui Ungalale is a blessing in disguise. I would have not been able to survive Trevor trying to pronounce his name for a year. <laughs> what is, I mean, so true. I mean, Trevor, I, I, I cringe at a lot of things that he does, but he does the DJ Oogie Boogie, and I'm just like, no, you, you can't, you can't do that. You can't. Texas says thoughts on potentially calling Shuck Tommy Boy because hey man, a lot of people go to college for seven years. That's a good one. That's I, I like that. Uh, Sean Moth, I don't know if he wants to put his name behind this, but he, I'm going to put it for him. He texted me, and I'm definitely going to steal this joke at some point in the next three weeks. But he was like, Jack Plummer going to San Diego for the Holiday Bowl and then sent in the, the South Park, the Jack in it in San Diego song <laughs> like, like from that episode a few years ago. I was like, eh, that's, that's pretty perfect. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely use that. Texas, did you all see Ricky Jones' article on Twitter? I'm just going to shake my head. I, I did. I mean, we've talked about it. It's, uh, yeah. What's your opinion on the new quarterback, Mike? Is he QB1, or do you think Braum will bring in another one? I don't think that – I think the only way that, that Jeff brings in another quarterback is if a, multiple guys that we have currently on the roster hit the portal. And I don't think that's going to happen. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see one hit the portal. Two would be, would, would be a surprise. But if you've got Shuck and then you've got everybody else staying, that's five scholarship quarterbacks. And well, I guess Bailey is, is, is a walk-on, so four scholarship quarterbacks and then one who presumably could be put on scholarship if they if one becomes available during the summer. I think that Jeff would be. I think he's comfortable with that quarterback room. Like they they also like some of the walk-ons. They they, they feel good in their ability to develop them. I mean, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. They loved the kid from Trinity last last spring when they first got here. Nathan McElroy, who ended up leaving, and I don't think ended up going anywhere else. Like didn't play. Didn't transfer to a school like they thought that that he could be like an Aiden O'Connell type player, and they were really bummed when he ended up hitting the portal. So they like they feel like they've got some stuff to work with. I think. Let's take a break. When we come back, more from you guys on the Thornton Sex Line at 502-414-1450. It's the Wednesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on fourteen fifty and ninety six one, the Big X. Someone like you. Enjoyed this song. This is a good one. Oh yeah, I did. Uh, this is where 
you know, parenting comes around full circle and, and stuff that you did as a kid just comes back to bite you in the ass. I, I, I did a thing, and I still do. This is, it's, it's bad. Where I, would, I, I make, I change the lyrics of songs to make them inappropriate. And one of my genres was, was making songs about poop and pee. And this was, uh, I, I, I believe in a thing called poop. Just listen to the rhythm of my butt. And like that was, that was a classic Mike Rutherford growing up. Grow right? up, Mike. The, 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 the friends loved it. It was very, it was classic. And I, I did, I put the video on my Instagram story the other day. My daughter, I don't think that I've done this in front of her. Like, I don't think that I've, I've done this, but she just recently has started thinking that these types of things are very, very funny. And so she started singing, just out of the blue the other day, uh, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Poop. <laughs> and, like, I mean, she's, she's like, laughing her ass off as she sings it. And I'm just like, this is, this, is, this is karma. This is what you get. Like, turnabout's for fair play. That's jeans for you. It really, it really is. Like, because, I, I mean... She's been doing this since she was like two years old. Where Apple she just, doesn't fall far if you. It want. really doesn't. Like she like would just take songs and she'd change the lyrics to make them about herself and about what she was going through. And Mary's like, "Oh my God, she's you!" Because like I've <laughs> I've done that my entire life. I've, I've just you know for whatever reason, and it's it, it very much uh, it, it's I, I deserve it. There's no other way to say it. All right, Scoots, are you ready for a gift? Are you ready? To, uh, yeah. Are you ready to play a little Christmas slash holiday? Am I the a hole? Yes. Yeah, I am. You didn't even tease this. I know. We're gonna. I, I had no idea. I, I was debating not coming tomorrow. You said you weren't going to do it. You said you weren't going to do the show three days if we didn't do this at least once. So we'll get back to the text line at some point. But from Reddit, their Am I the A-hole section, a few stories with a holiday theme. Love right? it. I've not read these. I've picked them out, picked out some of the ones with the most responses. I assume that they're the, the, the best ones. But we'll find out for ourselves. That hasn't been the case in the past. We we had good ones after the first time. Like we, That's the true. second time we did it, we it was it was much better because I went to like the the Hall of Fame. I was like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get screwed fame. again. I'm going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Am I the a hole Hall of Fame? Yes, the, some of the best ones <laughs> had to do that because the ones that yeah, <laughs> the, the ones that we did the first time were like, I uh, got stabbed by my brother in law. Am I the a hole for going to the hospital to take care of it? It's like no. What what, what are you doing? <laughs> Here we go. Context. I have gone to Florida with my family for the past five years for at least part of Christmas. Every other year, I returned before my uh, – hold on, hold on. I've gone to Florida with his family for the past five years for the last – for at least part of Christmas. Every other year, I've returned before him to spend Christmas Day with my family. This year is the first time in a long time that all the other siblings are able to overlap dates. My fiancé – has major FOMO, which is why this is a sensitive subject. His parents have always been weird about keeping their family close. They've never said it outright, but little things suggest that they don't consider me completely part of their family yet since we aren't married. Also, my parents are away overseas, overseas dealing with my grandparent emergency. My mom has been kept in the loop, though, and is trying to come back as soon as she can. My fiancé and I, 31 male and 31 female, are expecting our first baby due December 30th. His family has a vacation home in Florida, and they have gone every year during the holidays for about a month until after New Year's. He agreed not to go this year because of the baby, but his family is insisting that he go and come back on the 28th, which is ample time before the baby is due in their words. So he bought a ticket for December 15th to the 28th. His reasoning is that his parents really want him there, and his siblings will also be going. This is bothering me a lot more than I thought because I know pregnancies are unpredictable, especially in the last trimester, and if anything happens leading up to the due date, I need him there. My parents are away until December 26th, and my friends have their family, so I will be completely alone. The other reason, and I guess it's more selfish, is that I will be spending Christmas by myself. It's not the main reason why I'm bothered, but it's a small part of it. He's been spending Christmas every year in Florida since he was 15, and there will be many more trips after the baby is born. I don't know why he has to go this year. 
Anytime I bring it up, it results in a very uncomfortable fight about my expectations to put me first rather than his parents. I don't even bring it up anymore. His parents have always been kind to me, but they also don't see any problem. So think, so I think I'm going crazy. Am I the a-hole here? No. No. Ridiculous. I don't know how you can say such a quick no. I mean, they're, I think they're having a baby. I think at the end of the day, I agree. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's their first I guess baby. It's a no, yeah. The, their due date's December thirtieth. People go a week or two early all the time. Like there is a. Yeah, but isn't it completely realistic that he could fly back if something does happen? No, not fast enough. I mean, the, 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 you know, they're going to. I would assume it would be at least like a a day late. If she goes into labor like the 26th, I and mean, also like it's your fiance and it's Christmas. What are you doing? Like leaving her by herself yeah. nine months pregnant. You're right. In, on Christmas. Like w- once again, all of these stories come down to just a ridiculous lack of communication. I, I, I mean, these people are getting married. What, when people get married, I, I know that every it, it's hard, especially when like you're the first ones getting married in your family. If you've got siblings that are, that are younger, you don't want to wreck family traditions. I know every family when you get to like the age of 25 these people are 31 a lot of times you've done the same things for years and years and sometimes decades and you don't want to be the one who just kind of breaks stuff up but some stuff something has to give like you can't do exactly what you did for your entire life once you're starting a new family that's how family traditions are are, are started you make new ones with your current family and you try to uphold the, the most important ones with your families like i i mean like with mary and i like we both want to spend christmas time with our with our families so we do the, the 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 23rd and the 24th with my family. We go to her family's on Christmas Day and spend the night there. Like it's somebody's got to give. Like we don't see my family on Christmas Day itself, and that's that's fine. Like we've gotten used to it. You get older, you start new things, and as time goes on, and we have our kids, I'm sure we'll have our own things that go on and our own new traditions. Like you just you you can't. Nothing's ever going to stay exactly the same forever. Like just you're having a baby, you're getting married, change it up. My thing is, is I've, I've, I haven't had a baby, so I don't know how it all works, but do women like to have their own like specific doctor? Like, does it have to be Dr. Johnson at U of L Health? Not necessarily. So, like, I mean, ideally, yes. So, we had a, we, we love our doctor that we use. She, unfortunately, was not like on call when we had Virginia the first time. So, like, it's weird. Like, you have a delivery doctor who, like, like we'd never seen before. We'd, we'd never talked to her. She came in, and she was great, but we were very, very happy. Like, like we loved our, our, our doctor. She's awesome. And so with John, this the second one, she, like, made it a point to come in and, like, and like see us. And, like, you know, it was kind of like she was working over a shift, but the nurses we, we really liked, too, and they all, like, everybody kind of stayed, like, a couple of hours later than they, they were supposed to to make sure that they were there when, when John was born, which was cool, but it's, it's, not, it's not a given. I guess my thing is, is why couldn't she go to Florida and just have the baby there? If, if that's what happened, like book the trip with him, spend Christmas with him down in Florida. But you're asking her to travel across the country nine months pregnant? Is that a no-go? That's a no-go. That's absolutely a no-go. No. You can't, first of all, you, you, you can't. Because it's harmful for the baby or just uncomfortable for the, for the woman? Both. Both, yeah. You you would you would you, you want to take her to Kentucky Kingdom and let her ride a roller coaster a few sure. times before she does that? Yeah. Well, then it'll pop out the kid. Then the whole thing's solved. <laughs> no, it's, it's not, it all takes care of itself. It's not going to happen. I mean, you, you're creating a life with this man. He's just he, he's got to have to start putting you first. I'm just point. I'm trying. I'm reaching here. I I appreciate the the attempt to have an argument. Um, but yeah, this is. This is another one where you're like, I feel bad for this kid because that marriage is not going to work. Like it's it's just not going to work. It's not. 
They will not be married in six years. Not happening. And that guy's going to fight fight for partial custody. The kid's going to save him, Mike. The, yeah, They'll yeah. last until at least he's 12. Save this family. <laughs> it's not going to work. All right, let's do another one. I, 32-year-old female, have a brother, Charles, it's not his real name, 38 male, who has a girlfriend, Claire, 35 female. Claire has a daughter, Ruby, an 8-year-old female, who has additional needs. This will be relevant. I have a daughter, B, who's 4. We are all, along with mine and Charles' parents, going to be on a family holiday over Christmas. Claire was originally not going to bring her daughter, Ruby, as she was meant to be staying with her father, but her dad is a flake and canceled, so now Claire is bringing her. For some context, Claire loves my daughter, which is great. She will volunteer to babysit her. I don't need babysitting, as I'm a stay-at-home mom and my mother is nearby for emergencies. Unprompted, and whenever we see her at events, she always wants to play with B. B loves her, and it's nice to see, but it's also noticeable how she will spend a whole afternoon fussing over B, even when me and my husband are perfectly capable of looking after her. But again, she's great with B, so we don't mind. A couple of days ago, Claire and I were texting about what to pack for the trip as I was lending her some clothes. During this, I sent her a picture of what I was packing for B to give her some idea of what Ruby would need, and Claire said that she was really looking forward to seeing B. She then suggested for a couple of days during the holiday that we do a kid swap, where we babysit each other's kids for the day. I was immediately not keen on this idea, as I've only met Ruby twice, and I know nothing about her needs or how to properly look after her. Also, I come on holiday to spend time with my child, not to farm her out to other people. I skirted around the issue, saying that we could definitely do things together, but Claire kept pushing me to agree. She wanted her and Charles to take B for a day to go ice skating. This back and forth went on for a while before I finally said, no, I'm not letting you borrow my child. You already have one. Claire said I was being unfair and that she deserves a break to have an enjoyable holiday, too. She then said that she didn't want to borrow my clothes anymore and stopped texting me. <laughs> Charles is now saying that she's very hurt that I won't let her take B out and that Claire adores her. I said that's not the point. I'm not comfortable caring for Ruby on my own, and frankly, I find it a bit odd that Claire's idea of a break from parenting involves babysitting. Charles said I'm massively over-dramatizing and that babysitting Ruby for a few hours doesn't need a degree, and I should just help Claire out. Now I'm wondering if he's right. Am I the a-hole? I, I think the problem is that Claire wants to borrow B for a while. It, it, it's not. It, it's. It, it's not just that she wants to like take your daughter. It's that she wants you to take care of a child with special needs that you don't know that well. Like, it, like if you had done this a few times before, like if you had, you know, you guys have known each other for several years and on dozens of times like she stayed over at your house and you've kept her and like that's one thing if, if you're comfortable in it I mean I wouldn't want to be I don't know what the special needs are but I would feel very uncomfortable like for a full day being with a child who I have only met a couple of times that clearly needs some extra attention or some extra something like what, what if you screw that up I think it's weird that you're also like like why don't you just we can do stuff as a group like let's all do it together you can spend plenty of time with a girl there it feels like the mom is just like looking for a an excuse to be away from her daughter with special needs, which is kind of crappy. Yeah, I mean that's what I took out of it too. Why can't you watch both kids? Yeah, the, you know, group have activities. Hang out together. Yeah, you you know I, I can watch. I, I'll hang out with your daughter while you're hanging out with mine, but we're close enough that if something happens, I can just shout over and be like, "Hey, what do I need to do here?" Like that's. I think it's silly that you're also like pushing it so much. It just seems like you want a a break from your daughter, which is <laughs> understandable. Yeah, but also kind of crappy to like just throw her on somebody else, and, and, and not that she, not because she's special needs. Just I, 
I feel like a break from your kids is very useful for everybody. It is. It, it certainly is, but I would never be like, hey, let me hang out with your kid while we're on vacation. You take my little crap kid, and we're going to just well, go our separate ways yeah, I mean, for a that, day. That's the thing that makes it so weird. If you're trying to get some time off, then why are you picking up another kid? Yeah, be, just be like, take both kids. They exactly. love you. But, and and like the weird, it makes it seem like she wishes that their daughter was hers. Like she's trying to create this world where like, oh, I've got the, I, w- I want the normal child that can like, you know, it, it, like live in this fantasy world for a day where I'm a, uh, which is, is also kind of crappy. Mm-hmm. Like just, you know, adjust to your own life. Like this is what the storyline is for a lot of these. Adjust to your new life. It may not be perfect, but you have to adjust to it. Except- hey, at least this one didn't have any communication issues. Guys, still kind of. No, a little bit. A yeah. little bit. I guess you're right. All right, let's do another one. My friend, a 47-year-old male and I, a 43-year-old female, are booked to go to an island that we'd both been keen to go to. We booked a two-bed cabin, and because of the popularity of the place, we had to book and pay 10 months in advance. We split the cost 50-50. Two months before we're due to go, he meets someone, and they commence dating. The holiday comes up, and understandably, she was a bit uncomfortable with him coming with me. I was given an ultimatum. Either she comes or the entire holiday is called off. I didn't say yes immediately because I needed to check with the accommodation as the island has a limited number of guests allowed and I needed the okay from them first. My hesitation wasn't taken well. They thought I wasn't keen. I got back to them within 24 hours and said I'd gotten the all clear for his girlfriend to also come and she could book a plane tickets for her. A week, a week later, he informed me that she had the tickets and I asked him if we could discuss rebalancing the accommodation cost now that there was three of us coming as it should be a three-way split. I was surprised that he responded with anger. As far as he was concerned, the accommodation was paid for, and it was wrong and greedy of me to expect money from his girlfriend. He told me that he was paying for the entire holiday for his girlfriend, so it was still going to be just him and me paying, so it was unfair of me to not pay for half. I told him that there's three adults, three people, three-way split. If he chose to pay for his girlfriend's third, that was his choice and had nothing to do with me. He told me his girlfriend was going to buy me a cocktail to say thank you for the accommodation, <laughs> but if I was going to insist on a split, then I could forget it and buy my own damn cocktails as he couldn't believe that I was being so selfish. The thing is, a cocktail is $15, and I was currently covering half her accommodation costs, which are $600. I don't think I was an a-hole for asking her and them to cover her share of the accommodation. I hadn't even met her yet, but they thought I should cover her cost because it was already paid for. Am I the a-hole for insisting that she pay for her component of the cost? Yes. I kind of agree. Like, It's already paid for, lady. Like, it, That is the definition of being greedy. I, this, is, uh, this may be the toughest one we've had yet. Because I, I can see where she's sort of coming from. But if you'd planned this like out months in advance, which I mean, you, you can obviously did, afford it. Yeah, like it just seems like you're kind of trying to like like her being there. I don't think is going to like maybe if it was going to be like more of a hassle if there were less resources to utilize. Like she's going to take up this. Like we've got a certain amount of 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 drinks that we can use or meals that we can have, and she's cutting into that. Then that's one thing. But I don't. I'm assuming that's not the case here. I don't know. Like I I kind of feel like I get that like like where somebody would do this. I just personally wouldn't. I feel like I would just like maybe I'd be a little bit annoyed, but I would eat the cost. Also, if you're if you're making a deal like this with a friend, like it sounds like I mean she said that they started dating two months before this holiday, so they they clearly booked this like three or four months in advance. Like you have to know this is at least a possibility. If you're booking this with a single friend who's you know you guys aren't interested in one another, 
you both are seeking companionship. Like maybe I'm going to find somebody in the time between now and then. Maybe they're going to find somebody in the time between now and then. And if that happens, they're probably not going to be okay with us just going on this this vacation together. Like you have to recognize this as a possibility. This is like the ACC with the bowl games. We've got a contingency plan. You've got to have a. You may think that one thing's going to happen. But if there's a very realistic possibility that something else is going to happen, you at least have to have a plan for that. And these two people just did not plan for that whatsoever. Well, if I'm old buddy and and she calls me up and tells me this, asks if we're going to pay for another third, I, I mean, I'm just going to make a big scene about it. Hey, uh, Denise or whatever her name was, do you want to go down to the local bar? Let's pick up three more people. Then it'll only be a sixth for everybody. Like, what are we doing? You and I already signed up for this. It's already paid for. We've done 50-50. Who cares if I'm bringing somebody else? You you want to go get old Billy Bob down from the Thorntons and bring him? I'm not going to make him pay. That is an option here, though, is to to bring somebody really annoying with you. And just kind of, like if you're that pissed off about it. Like Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Be just like, go with it. hey, remember that guy Jake that you hated from our work a few years ago? Guess what? He's coming now. And if, like, if he doesn't have to pay, then cool, he's going to make our lives hell. Um, but that makes it unenjoyable for her, too. Yeah. She, she did have an update. She said that she called the accommodation and discussed options, and then she called her friend and explained to him that we'd made the agreement to split everything equally when there was only two of us going, but I no longer felt that that agreement was fair. I suggested a third option, splitting the cost of the communal areas three ways, but set cost per bedroom, and also stated that any food activities, et cetera, wouldn't be split anymore. We'd each be responsible for our own, blah, 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 blah. He then said I was going against the agreement. He called me a <laughs> B word and told me that I was acting crazy. Um, yeah, it, it, like I don't know. I, I, when I read stories like this, I feel so fortunate that like I've got friends where like you know we'll do stuff and it's never any like if, if somebody ends up paying a little bit more than the other like nobody ever like raises a fuss like yeah. it, you know usually you can find ways to split it but if if said, said person pays a little bit too much or kind of gets screwed like just you know. Guys are cool. Like just, just it's fine. It'll it'll work itself out. It's all okay. But this just seems like a this is probably gonna kill the friendship. I was hoping she had a third update that said I talked myself completely out of the vacation because I was being so greedy. She so, she does. Hope, hope they had a great time. She ended up saying like he went quiet on her. Said I was changing the rules at the last minute and I should leave the entire accommodation payment because it wasn't his fault that I no longer wanted to go, leaving them in the lurch and that I would be ruining his holiday with his girlfriend. I told him that I was canceling and would definitely not be paying for any accommodation that I wouldn't be using. I might have felt a little petty when I told him that he'd still be paying for his girlfriend's costs. It'll just be a bit more than he was expecting because I no longer was going to subsidize them. I canceled my flights and the accommodation and emailed him all the details. So she let them go by themselves. How petty can you be? It's like, like, I can see, I don't think that she's totally the a-hole. I do. She sounds like a very unpleasant person. They, yeah, they, they both sound like they, they should just not be friends. Like, I think there's probably a little bit on both sides. I don't think she's totally the a-hole, but I, I wouldn't do what she was doing. I would just be like, yeah, but that's me. Like, I just, I'm, I feel like you made the agreement. Like, you were initially agreeing to pay this cost. I feel like she's just more annoyed that he's, like, coming with somebody. Yeah. If I'm reading between She might lines. have to hear sex noises. Maybe. Bummer. Most of the people are saying that, that they're on her side. What? Yeah. Yeah, I just don't get that at all. I mean, it. I don't know. Like, I, I do feel like he's kind of coming out like sort of being a hero, where he's like, "Hey, this new girl that I'm dating, like, we're getting this cheap vacation together." Like, I, and I'm like heroically paying for her when the the reality is he's not like taking on any additional cost than if he was just going by himself. But 
I still think that I would just be like, okay, that's fine, whatever. It's six hundred bucks. Hmm. We'll be okay. Um, that was a good one. That was a good one. All right, we'll go real quickly here for the last one. So, a hole. <laughs> you said quickly. So we were planning uh, and, and talking about this trip for a full year, and we were all excited to be going together. In part, going on holiday, and in part, an extension of our wedding anniversary celebrations, which were before this trip. There, I'm, I'm trying to. I don't know. If, we can't go quick if you can't read. I know. I, I I can't figure out if this is like an addition because <laughs> there's no details here. Okay, here we go. Real quickly, we wanted to treat my parents, my my 30 year old females parents, 62-year-old female and 59-year-old male, to a special five-star holiday for their big anniversary. We already had a good, tried, and tested hotel. It's the same hotel that we went to for our honeymoon, so we knew it would be perfect, and that especially my mom would absolutely love it, as my parents live in a different country than us and would struggle to get around in a foreign country. They don't know English. My husband, who's a 30-year-old male, made the effort to arrange the flights in a way that would mean that we would arrive on the same day and also at similar times of the day to make it as easy as possible for my parents, even though we would have to drive three hours to the airport in our country. It was never an issue, but as a reminder that for all the effort put into making the trip, it was basically futile. Long story short, my mom is mad at me for something that is ridiculous, but I still apologize for. And relations between my mom and my dad are also strained, to say the least. She wouldn't speak to me or him on their anniversary celebration, which we flew to only because my father asked me to come, hoping that it all would be resolved. That did not happen. The last time she was mad at me, she wouldn't speak to me for a whole year. It is always really risky with her. She's either in a good mood or a bad mood. And when she's in a bad mood, she ruins everything for everyone. We suspect that she's either bipolar or has a border personality disorder. But of course, she will not go to a psychiatrist. My dad seems to have developed a mild drinking problem, which is worrisome, but I digress. As we are going together, it's and it's our only proper holiday this year, I can't let anything destroy it. This is also taking a big toll on my relationship with my husband. How do I know that even if she stays, she wants to go on holiday with us? She won't turn around and say that she wants uh, flights back home in a couple of days into holiday. Or how do we? I mean, this is the whole thing. I'm she, confused. She never even said what I know. She did to this make this her whole mom thing right. is laid out very poorly. Like, I can see why this was not on the best of list. <laughs> I'm assuming that the, the the wife just doesn't want to do anything with the the mother-in-law. It sounds like that's fine. It, like you're not the ale. By the way. Good job, old buddy. Thirty date or married a thirty-five-year-old. That's your dream. Yeah, that's for it. now. <laughs> till I'm till I'm an old man and I want to. Till you're my girl. age, and then you're like, yeah, it, cha- it changes up yeah, a little. Twenty-four bit sounds good. All right, let's take our last break. Our, our, our last break of this hour. We'll come back five o'clock hours on the way. Next, we'll get back to the Thornton Sex Line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty and dive into some of the other top stories in the world of sports. Deion Sanders also making headlines for something ridiculous once again. We'll talk about <laughs> that coming up. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on fourteen fifty The Big Ass. Like this. 
The whole world was California for a few years. That's great. I'm trying to think what I was singing last night. I was using that voice as well. Staying up all night. <laughs> Five o'clock hour here at the Mike Rutherford Show on a 1450-961 The Big X here on a Wednesday. Scooter Dingus, a.k.a. Justin Kalen, is in the house today. Scooter, whoop, whoop. when's your, uh, I mean, yeah, I know you've been doing all these Indiana high school football games. Yeah. What's your schedule like now that basketball season's upon us? I assume you're still going to be doing the, the play-by-play stuff. Uh, so my season for basketball actually gets a lot busier. I, I don't do a whole lot of games for Big X, um, but I work for another radio station. I do a bunch of Midway games. I uh, work for another media company over here in Kentucky. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty busy guy. Jack of all trades, master of none. A lot of basketball. That's all I want to do in basketball season. Just get me on the call somewhere. That's fine. I, I respect that. Uh, we've been talking a lot on the show today about the, the Tyler Shuck news, the Louisville transfer quarterback from Texas Tech in Oregon, who announced yesterday officially that he is going to come to Louisville. Seventh-year quarterback. I think there's some – I think there's a lot of good there. I think there's definitely some – some reason for concern, no question about that. Um, we, we talked about it all. If you've got thoughts, hit us up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. I also just saw breaking news a little bit. Five-star guard Dylan Harper, the number two player basketball player in the class of 2024, has picked his school. He's going to Rutgers, folks. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Number two player in the class going to Rutgers. I know he's he obviously has uh, his relatives who have played there, his brother played there. But still... Rutgers getting it done. Steve Peichel hammering nails, doing the damn thing. They're just uh, they're somehow killing it in basketball recruiting, but it is what it is. It is a very eventful day here locally when it comes to football programs landing big time commits. We talked about Tyler Shuck, the transfer. Kentucky also with Brock Vandegraaff. I'm sure that was the will be the big story of the day tomorrow for KRC. Like Scoot mm. said, they um, unfortunately just missed the news. It happened like 15 minutes after they got off the air. Roush actually hung around and did some work after KRC today. So he had the, they did a quick reaction video, so I heard him over there doing it. And he just walks in. He got he got ready to leave about 11, walks in the studio, and he goes, man, I'm going to be so sick of tired, <laughs> sick and tired of talking about this kid the next 24 hours. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It, you know, it's, it's certainly the biggest Talking point, quarterback position, who are you going to get? Brock Vandegraaff, it's an interesting two-dynamic. I've loved seeing Louisville fans go back and forth, and Kentucky fans go back and forth about this. Like This is where the rivalry is. It's a lot of bickering, and it's this big debate over you know, Vandegraaff is a five-star recruit coming out of high school. He went to Georgia, for God's sake. You know, Georgia's the program of the last three years in college football. He's been there for all three. It's Vandegriff, Trevor. Vandegriff, thank yeah. you. Vandegriff, Brock Vandegriff. Um but he's not played a lot. Like he's thrown, I think, three passes in three years. He's he's barely seen the field. But the assumption is that he's he's good because he's a five star kid who went to Georgia. With Tyler Shuck, you've got a guy who's played football for seventeen years. It seems like at two Power Five conference programs, he's been a starter. Cannot say healthy. The numbers as a starter are are, are good. They're not spectacular. I mean, he led Oregon to a Pac twelve conference championship, which is cool. But it was the COVID shortened year, and his numbers in that season were again like good but not spectacular. So you've got Louisville fans who are like, we've got a guy who won a conference championship. He's a you know, established starter. You've got no idea if your guy's even good. And you've got UK fans who are like, we've got a five-star kid, NFL caliber. You've got a guy who's still playing college football after seven years because he's got nowhere else to go. The, the rivalry never ends, Scoots. It's just, it just goes on and on and on. And I'm sure it will be 
debating Shuck and Vandegriff as uh, as next season starts. For what it's worth, he threw 18 passes this year, completed 12, and interestingly enough, his best game was against Kentucky. He went five for seven with a touchdown. Maybe that's what what happened. Maybe there, I, I saw. I didn't read the story, but I saw that Will Levis was somehow instrumental in Vandegriff picking Kentucky. I don't know how. I don't know why, but that happened. Who knows? Because of the way they used him, I think, I, versus what the potential of this kid is. I guess. I mean, he does have the like the Will Levis kind of like frame where it's like, oh, that guy. He, he's probably got a big arm and could probably kick some ass. Like he is a ginger, by the way. His name, yeah, and his name is Brock. So that's it. Uh, a couple other transfer portal notes to hit on before uh, we, we close the book on Louisville football today. Louisville has made a couple of moves. They've offered Arkansas transfer linebacker Chris Poo Paul. Um, he's got to get Spell the name. Na- well, it, it's his name is Chris Paul, but his nickname is Poo. Like, like, like the basketball Winnie, player Chris w- Paul. Yes, but he very clearly goes by Poo because he doesn't want to be known as Chris Paul. So like like Winnie the Poo P O O H. Uh, he was the Arkansas's Razorbacks' second leading tackler last year. Does that fit the cool name category or no? I mean, Pooh Paul kind of sounds fun. It also sounds like what you might call your grandpa if you live in Appalachia. Appalachia. Pooh Paul. Pooh Paul. Going down Pooh Paul's house. My mom, Pooh Paul. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like something. Ohio State DB transfer Cameron Martinez has also been offered by Louisville, and he's set to visit UofL among several other schools. That's going to happen. We're excited about that. Um, William Lee, who refers to himself as the blanket on Twitter, which is fantastic. Uh, he's a Kansas State transfer cornerback who has been offered by, I think, everybody. He tweeted out a couple of, of hours ago that th- the three schools that he is the most focused on right now, Washington, Texas A&M, and Louisville. Louisville's going to have I mean, a, a lot to fill in the secondary. They killed it in the portal the last couple of years and brought in some really good names that bolstered that secondary and made it a good secondary this season. They're probably going to have to do the same types of things this year because they're going to lose a lot of these guys. Um, so getting Paul and the blanket. How about, we're getting Poo. We're getting the blanket. Everybody <laughs> with a nickname, come to Louisville. We'll be nicknamed you. Uh, they can play alongside Storm Duck and, and all these guys. Other guys that, that Louisville has offered in these these first 48 hours since the portal's been open, Lyndon Cooper, offensive guard from NC State, who played 14 games at NC State. He, big guy, 6'2", 318. You're, you're going to need some help on the offensive line next year. You're, you're losing a lot of guys. We mentioned um, Thor Griffith, the, the defensive tackle transfer from Harvard. He's got offers from a lot of different people. He's officially going to visit. How about this one came up today? Isaiah Cummings, the tight end from Kentucky who entered the transfer portal, former uh, male high superstar who has already, I think, received a crystal ball pick on 24-7 sports to go to Louisville. He He's one of those guys, he liked J.J. Weaver. When Kentucky football was, was recruiting, high school football was recruiting, it was really popping a few years ago, and Louisville just totally missed out on that window. Cummings was another one of those guys who grew up a Louisville fan, who would have been, I think, a Louisville lean, probably a Louisville commit at any other time period, but who, because of his ties with the Aspirations gym and because Scott Satterfield had kind of a frayed relationship with the local recruiting area, chose to go to Kentucky. Uh, Would have liked to have him here before he had that huge catch against us in the game a couple weeks ago, but Bakers can't be choosers. Would love to see him come here. Uh, We we need tight end help. Will Lee is the the guy we talked about, the blanket from, from Kansas State. Um, Justin Mayer's offensive guard from UTEP played 30 games out there. Has been offered a scholarship by Louisville. He's a two-year starter at left guard. Um, RJ Oben, Roman Oben's son, 
who I, I, I've heard we don't have a great shot with. I think we are in on him. He's one of the best uh, defensive ends that's available on the portal. We need help at defensive end. Uh, but he's got some big-time offers out there. I think we're playing from behind there. And then the only other big name that's out there that we have not mentioned, I think, is the uh, Corday Sidner, who is a defensive end outside linebacker from Purdue. You like Louisville's chances when you have kids that are in the portal from Purdue because they've got the pre-existing relationship with Jeff Brom. He had uh, six and a half sacks and nine tackles for loss this past season. Uh, he would be a a nice name to have. So keep an eye and ear out for all those guys. I'm sure many, many more. Portal season never sleeps, Scoots. It's portal season forever. The portal just never stops. I hate it. Never stops. I don't think that any other Louisville players have entered the portal since we went on the air. But like, I feel like I always have to check because you just you, you you don't know for sure. You haven't been living on Twitter for the last two hours. Uh, you're not you're not 100 sure who's in and who's not. But I don't think that anybody that we haven't talked about has officially entered the portal. I saw Marquise go gross Killiber. We knew this already. The Texas A&M transfer uh, officially entered the portal. But to my knowledge, I. I don't think anything else has happened. Josh Minkins has announced that he's got an offer from Oklahoma State. So that's good. Good for him. Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450. Before we go back to the text line, though, want to give a quick congratulations to Ashton Gelati. We've mentioned his name a couple of times this year. Monster season, first-team All-ACC performer. He now can add All-American to his list of accomplishments. He was named a second-team All-American today by The Athletic. Um, uh, 11 sacks this season. Eighth nationally in that category, ninth on Louisville's all-time single-season list. Started all 13 games, had 45 tackles, 14 and a half tackles for loss on a defense that ranked 16th nationally. He had a monster season, the type of season that we all were hoping for, and a very warranted. If you were going to say anybody on this team deserved All-American accolades this year, I think that Ashton Gelati is the one who would have fit that bill the most. So, congrats to Ashton. You crushed it. Please stay for another year. We'd, we'd love it. We'll make it worth your while. We promise. We'll try. 502-414-1450. Let's get back to the Thornton's text line. We had some Amy of the A-holes to react to. We had some uh, Tyler Shuck stuff to get to. TJ's giving me crap for not knowing that, that Trevor's middle name was Michael. I'm sure he said it at some point in time. I just forgot. I'm sorry. That's a Trevor excuse. Somebody said TK's middle name is actually Malcolm. That's incorrect. Yeah. Texture says, classic Gil. I don't even know what that was, what that was in reference to. <laughs> me neither. Oh, probably be in a video game mood. Oh, yeah. I think that, that's. I think I said classic Gil. That, actually, that would be classic Gil. Yeah, Gil's a big video game guy. He's big video, especially now. He got. He just got Modern Warfare Three. Oh boy, and he's been playing it since it came out. Do you guys game together? Not too much. No. Do you have the headsets? No, heck no. So now, if we, what we do in terms of game together is we'll. Sometimes he'll be playing that on his TV, and I'll be playing like MLB The Show on my TV. That's the extent of our gaming together. So I had, I mentioned this yesterday, when I lived, before Mary and I moved in together, I lived with a really good friend of mine that I've known for a long time. We played baseball growing up. Um, he bought a house. I moved in with him. We, like, another one of our friends also lived with us for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And they, I mean, like, my buddy who owns the house is like, he checks like every, again, we're in our 20s, so now we're adults. It feels weird to use, but like every cool guy box. Like he had a great job. He's a you know, financial guy. Made tons of money, good looking, like all this stuff, but like super into video games, like like so much so that like had the headsets. They would sit down there and like play together with the headsets on. I'd be in my room like working or something or like watching, TV, and I would just hear them like, "Ah, oh, son of a!" Like, like like screaming and like throwing stuff. And I was like, "You guys are straight losers." Like <laughs> I, I was like, I, "I don't know how you do this." Like I've never been like that type of a video game guy. That's kind of how I imagine you and Gil 
was uh, was my two friends. I would go down there, and it was like a different world. Yeah, no, not not so much. Like, are you guys getting into fights with seven year old guy boys? <laughs> Just like cussing out. Like that's Trevor. Trevor would say he would play like FIFA, and he would be like cussing out, and he'd realize it's like a twelve year old boy. Gil the other day reported somebody on his game. Oh, Gil, who was just like they were not. They were just laying down and shooting like at a wall, but like, shoot, like not taking their finger off the trigger button. So I guess it was just annoying him the whole game that he had to hear this gun go off. So he reported, so he him. reported him, and I was like, Kill. I was like, that, that's clearly somebody that's got like some sort of mental condition or something. Just they're having fun doing it, just because it's not like how you like it. Reporting them. I do think that, like I, I'm not. I, I don't want to sound like I'm judging people that play video games because I, I think that like. In a, in a different world, I could be very into video games. Like I, I played sports games growing up, but I, I could see how like the the first person games and like all that stuff. Like I've I, I tried to play Halo a couple times in college. I sucked at it. Mm-hmm. But like the thing that would let's say today that I just like I wake up. It's a it's a wonderful life situation. I, I mysteriously like, just don't have a family. Like what am I going to do? And I start playing video games. Being bullied by like eleven year olds is—I don't know if I could handle it because there's a learning curve. I don't know how to play any of these games, and I, I feel like I would start playing, and all these guys would be like, "Oh my god, you're killing! Like you're killing!" And I just—I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be heckled by by twelve year olds constantly online. I feel like I wouldn't have the a chance to get good or good enough to like be a competent player. Well, that's the good thing about sports games is majority of them. I, I don't play online sports games. I just play like franchise mode or whatever. It's fun. But I would want to play some of those games, like the, the Halo and the I don't know what the other ones are. I don't know what I'm talking Call about. Call of Duty. Yeah, no, I know. The last video game I bought was the college football game with uh, Jared Zabransky on the cover, like 07 college. Who? <laughs> the Boise State quarterback. I don't from, even. Like, I've never even heard that. Name, I know it's that, been a long time. How long it's been? But I mean, I just don't, I don't have time now. But I I could I could definitely see a world where I would get too into video games. But I'd be afraid of like the the year of practice it would take for me to get good enough to not get heckled by 13 year olds. Texture says Brom also pronounced Brandon Dowdy, uh, produced Brandon Dowdy, who got drafted, and Mike White. So suck on those eggs, angry guy. There's the other two guys that we were thinking of yesterday. <laughs> Texture says, I really wonder if taking uh, Shuck is about saving money for other positions. Otherwise, why not go after DJU or Stroud? They would excite the fan base more, but maybe this is big picture thinking. I think it's 100% about trying to save money. I think, I think if they thought that McCord. I think is is who you're you're referring to there, or or DJU, were like can't miss top five guys, then maybe they'd be more willing to shell out big time dollars and go thin at other positions. I don't think like they may think that those guys are better than Tyler Shuck. I don't think they think that they're that much better that they justify like a seven figure price where you can maybe get Shuck on the cheap and load up at other positions and have the same type of of balance this coming season with a guy that you think is a little bit better than Jack Plummer at quarterback if he can stay healthy. I think that's their thinking. And also, I, th- I think, you know, if you can keep the current quarterbacks in the roster, you expect all four of those guys to be way better next year with, with a full, like, going into their second full year in this new era, having a better understanding of the playbook, having a better understanding of what Jeff expects from his quarterbacks. So you feel like if Tyler Shuck does, God forbid, get hurt or just isn't the guy – that you've got at least one guy who can step up and be, you know, at the very least as good as Jack Plummer was in 2023. I think that's their line of thinking. I can't hear that word without thinking of the blind side. Which word is that? Shuck. You know, the coach is, you shuck him. You got to shuck him, Michael. Shuck him. Oh, when he's, shuck him. when, uh, you know, <laughs> what's her name steps up and, and takes over the team. <laughs> yeah. 
I've kind of forgotten that. I like The Blind Side. It's a movie that has not aged well when the actual story comes out. But that's true. It's it's, it's yeah, yeah. I'll watch it just for Sandy. I enjoyed it when I watched it in the, in the theater. One of the very first stories I ever wrote um, when I got the job as the college basketball guy at SB Nation was about uh, SJ actually getting a scholarship to go play at Loyola of Illinois. I was like, I was like, I'm writing about SJ. This is cool. This is, and then he ended up sucking and playing like five different <laughs> schools. Texture says, uh, oh god, it, it here we go. It's so Louisville to think that they're getting DJU or McCord to only end up with a 30-year-old on his third school, Plumber 2.0. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think so. And first of all, he's 24. He's 24. He's a, I did love this story from somebody that, that texted in who was like on the sidelines who said Evan Conley, you know, they, they welcomed back. It was alumni weekend. And so they brought out like the alumni cheerleaders and, and dancers, like the Lady Birds who'd been out there. And they were like, uh, one of the quarterbacks goes over to, and it's like, finally, Couple girls out there that are plumber's age, <laughs> which I was like, that's a nice little rib. Sacha says, "So you're you're telling that Tyler Shuck is discounted because he is scratch and dent." I don't know what that means. Like a car, if you got a car that's scratched oh, and that's dented it. a little bit, you get it a little cheaper. That, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that there are there are injury risks with him. He hasn't played a full season since 2020, and that in and of itself was not a full season to begin with. So, yeah, I think that you're getting him. If he winds up being as good as he's looked at times, you're getting him on the cheap. You're getting a deal on this. Uh, it's a gamble, but you got to weigh the, the, the risk-reward situation with NIL now. That's Just because a car has scratches and dents doesn't mean it doesn't have 100,000 miles left on damn it. Damn right. You don't know for, and maybe it doesn't, but you don't know for sure. I did get tipped off. Um, Apparently, the, the the one game that you need to watch, if you're going to watch, for the full Tyler Shuck experience is the Ole Miss game from 2022 because he's it, it's kind of the the good and the bad. I guess it's their Texas Bowl game where there's a lot of good in there, but there's some head-scratching decisions. It also came out that after the game that he was playing with food poisoning. So that's you know, he was MVP honors with food poisoning. We just sound, signed ourselves a hero. That's very <laughs> clear here. He's going to give it all he's got for the cards. There's no question about it. Texas says, the worry that I have with the quarterback situation is that it's the second year in a row where we're going to have to talk ourselves into it maybe working. Hopefully in 2025, we'll be starting a guy with a lot less question marks. Yeah, ideally. Like I, I will say, because the next text is like, can you give us your Tyler Shuck recap thoughts? I like feel we haven't done that. Yeah, I know. My, my quick thinking, the, the too long didn't read summary here is, I'm more excited about this than I was about Jack Plummer. I thought that Jack Plummer was going to be exactly who he was. I, I thought he's he, he's a guy with physical limitations, does not have the biggest arm in the world, but he's run the show at power conferences before. He, you know, he was a full-time starter at Cal, lost the starting job at Purdue for a guy who, to be fair, ended up becoming an NFL quarterback. But I thought that with a better offensive line, and better weapons around him, he'd be better at Louisville, and he was. Like, you know, he for all the talk about him not being good enough, he was good enough to win ten games here and be third team All ACC. Clearly, he was not the ideal quarterback. He's never going to be remembered as like a top ten Louisville quarterback, and that's deserved. I, I think that with Tyler Shuck, you've got the potential to have a quarterback who is not just a little bit better, but considerably better than Jack Plummer. He can make more throws than Plummer. He's twice as fast as Plummer. He's far more mobile. You can change the offense around. You can make him you do more play-action stuff that, that works. You can do more read-option stuff where he keeps the ball. 
the concern is the injury, and the concern is the the mistakes. He takes a little bit too many chances. I think this is another, and I hate to do this because we kind of we crapped on the trust in Kenny Payne mentality. The difference is you can trust in Jeff Braun because there's actual there's history. He's got a resume, and he's now he has a resume at Louisville. I, I think if you're worried about some of the decision making issues, you have to hope that that's more about the type of offense than he was in at Texas Tech, and to a lesser extent, Oregon than it is about him just not being a guy who who sees the field well or who doesn't take unnecessary chances. And you have to hope that Brom can hammer it into his head the same way that he did with Jack Plummer at times, you know, just, just to kind of, you know, take the easy throw, make the easy throw, and that there will be better throws available with him. Now, the issue with Plummer is you say that, and it's like, well, he never really got better at not turning the ball over, and they kept the offense very vanilla. In fact, in his last game, his most recent game, he made a huge turnover in the end zone that may have cost Louisville the game. So... I understand the tepid response from a lot of Louisville fans, and some some fans have had a I mean, just straight up visceral response to this. I think that it can work. Like I think that at his best and when he's fully healthy, he can produce a Louisville offense that that can get us back to the conference championship, that can get us back in the top fifteen, that can get us maybe beyond that. I think at his worst, he can make the same types of mistakes at bad times that Jack Plummer did. And the injury concern is the injury concern. He's been hurt each of the last three years. I think that from what I've heard as far as what they're looking at NIL-wise, this was probably the better route to go. I think it was going to come down to, for their price range and for what they want to do with the rest of the NIL money, it was going to come down to Tyler Shuck versus Tyler Van Dyke. And I like Shuck more. I also like that there's a little bit of an added bonus here where maybe you get Jawar Jordan back for another year when you weren't because of his relationship with Shuck. If you can get Jawar Jordan, Jamari Thrash, a capable quarterback, that's a hell of a nucleus to have mm-hmm. for next season's offense. And I think that's what the, the, the coaching staff is thinking right now. Texture says, yeah, TJ, don't make me feel bad about not knowing Trevor's middle name. I feel I, I do feel bad. <laughs> I should have known. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know Scoot's middle name either. Texture says, uh, any updates on either Ruben Bain or Owens? No. Haven't heard anything additional. I think Miami feels very confident that, that that Ruben Bain is going to stay. They've made him an offer. Who knows how realistic that is. The only thing that I, I've heard on Bain is if he does leave, it's going to be for Louisville. But Miami's got a lot of money down there. The Owens thing, all I knew is that a couple months ago, like his his people, his family, had reached out to Louisville saying like they were potentially interested. No idea if that's the case still. They've got a college football playoff to prepare for. Um, that throws a wrench into things. I, I mean, you keep seeing all the players, not all the players, but some of them, Pierce Clarkson most notably, hinting on social media about DeAndre uh, about DeAndre Moore coming here. Ruben Owens, I, I don't I, I don't know. Where'd he end up going, A&M? Ruben Owens is at A&M. His dad has, has voiced displeasure a number of times about the way that he was used this year. But look, that coaching staff's gone. Well, so. he, he messed up from jump. He should have went to Alabama. He could have gone to Alabama. You know why I say that? Why? Because the tattoo. 502? Yeah, but their area code's 205. That could work. So he could have said that, yeah, it was. he just had a dyslexic tattoo artist. I've still not gotten anybody to give me the story of the tattoo. I've got to know <laughs> if it's still there. I've got, I'm have got. i dying to know if it's still there. Was this the plan the whole time, to, to just take the NIL, get the bag for one year, and then go to Louisville for the rest of his college career? Was he just playing A&M this entire time? I don't know. Texture says, Scoots recording girls' basketball games makes his Rebecca Black take a lot, make a lot more sense. I was That was my job, dude. Sorry, man. I did it for the team. It was for the team. Somebody sends in a Ricky Jones uh, 
tweet where he's saying Dem Cats with a picture of the UK football team celebrating. Well, that's not good. Don't don't care for that. Uh, somebody sends in a picture of their Airheads candy canes. I saw these. I want to know if they're good. I grew up, Airheads was maybe my favorite candy growing up. Airheads, if you were at St. Matthew's Little League in the mid-90s, Airheads were basically gold. Like, that was the, the, the best currency you could have. It was the, the most wanted item at the concession stand were Airheads. Oh, you even got mystery ones in there? Um, That's awesome. White mystery, blue raspberry, cherry. The, the three best. And you got them in candy cane form. I'm dying to know if those are good. Let me know, Texter. Let me know what you think. Gonna have to try him again. Texas says, uh, I will say that Chuck has a better arm and legs than Plummer, which is basically all that we needed this year. Yeah, for sure. He also says, never forget the Trevor butt joint. Yeah, that was <laughs> a. The, so I don't know if you knew this. So Trevor told the butt joint story. Yeah, I heard it. It was, but but it was the one day where we had um, who's the, the oh god, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting his name too. The intern who was the golfer who ended up going to KRC. Jacob. We had in, it was when intern Jacob started with us. We had him that day. We made fun of Devin Booker at the start of the show, and then Trevor's telling a story about going to jail and, and having a guy offer him a butt joint. I was like, this kid's not going to make it here. And sure enough, like a day later, he was gone, and he was, a, he was with KRC. Like that, that was all. That was all he could take. It was, his one day was so bad, he would rather wake up at 5.30 in the morning. I didn't blame him either. I was like, you know, <laughs> more power to you. We got intern Jenna. It worked out well. Texas says, so rarely does a quick story actually end up being quick on the show. Thank you, Scoots, for actually knowing what a quick story is. Take notes, Trevor. It's, it's so true. I mean, Trevor will be like, okay, quick story about something that I talked about last night. And then he just goes into like, it's eight minutes of him telling a story about how he didn't get his curly fries at Arby's. <laughs> That's, it's, yeah. it is what it is. Texas says, call Rashawn ASAP. I'm tired of Scoots already, my God. Wow. I love Scoots. Love you too, guys. He's, Scoots is back tomorrow regardless. Yeah. So we'll see if Rashawn can come in on Friday. Texas says, have you read John Gasway's piece on ESPN Plus? Uh, the most promising second-year men's basketball coaches. Shockingly, Kenny Payne wasn't on the list. <laughs> I have not read the, the story. But I'm not shocked. Not surprised at all. I, I did see Kenny Payne's the new favorite on both Bet Kentucky and Bet Online for the next college basketball coach to get fired. <laughs> which is... Not stunning. Not shocking. Let's take our last break. When we come back, more from you guys on the text line. I want to talk about this Deion Sanders story briefly, and then we will look ahead to the night that will be in sports. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Wednesday edition here on 1450 and 96.1. The Now I regret playing it. Oh, they do the thing where like they, they play this at some point in the third period, 
and like the music goes off and like the fans keep singing it for a little. It's great. It's, it's awesome. It sounds like the Steelers renegade. I didn't know they did that. They do that when they need like they're a copping big, off the end. No, they need a like if they need a big defensive stop in the third or fourth quarters, they'll play a like a montage up on the big screen with all the big defensive hits. And they start out the slow part of Renegade, and the whole crowd sings it. It's awesome. Okay, I don't hate it's that. It's awesome. That's fine. Last, um, oh, let's see what we got here. About twenty minutes to go. If you want to have your thoughts Woo-hoo. heard on the show, hit us up on the Thornton text line. Last chance to make that happen. At, Nobody uh, more happy than me. 502-414-14. Yeah, you got to be tired. You'll be flaming out. This is a long day for you on less sleep than usual. Yeah, I'm going to get some sleep tonight, though. You should. Come on. Um, The story that I, I want to talk about, this was so so Deion Sanders has been, I think he was Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year, which seems a little bit yep. weird to me because he was you know, clearly a big personality, talked about a lot. It is because he was so polarizing. But also, like it was for a very kind of small window the, mm-hmm. the first like three or four weeks of the college football season he he dominated like the, they got a ton of tv ratings they were the talk of the, of the college football world they had game day there but once they started losing it like, like you haven't heard very much about college like i didn't know what their final record was until i looked it up um, i still don't yeah, five four, and seven four and eight well five and seven was what i guessed going into the season after they won their first couple games I was like yeah, i think they'll still be a five and seven team but they went four and eight but he's got a lot of attention this year he announced, uh, I think, earlier this week that he and his fiance had called off their engagement. But today he did a story in for People Magazine and talked about the highs and the lows of this season. And you know, they had prime video cameras apparently following them throughout the entire season, doing a, a documentary on, on the year uh, for Coach Prime, for the show that he does. And he came out and he had this quote. You always wish that you had a little more privacy, but the same thing that makes you shine will show your blemishes. You can't really, if, if you're doing what Deion Sanders is doing, this is a self-sponsored documentary. He's got his own TV show that he created for himself. He's His whole thing is promoting himself and promoting his brand. It, it's very much like Coach Prime University is out there. You can't say that you wish you had a little bit more privacy. Like, you you chose this route, dude. Like, this is your life. You have to embrace it. There's a give and a take. And the give for you is that everything that you do is going to be spotlighted nationally. And he does. He says you got to take the good with the bad. You can't just want everyone there when the hype machine is rolling. You have to understand that there's another side to this. Well, he calls the upcoming episodes of his show exciting, exhilarating, and electrifying. He admits that the series caught him out of his element at times. It was a whirlwind early on. He says the team's three and zero start. Then it calmed down to a halt. We're going to show you how we dealt with that adversity. It was tough because I've never lost pretty much in my life. And in the last several years of my life, ten years, decade, I'm a darn winner. So dealing with losses was tough. Do you think the Deion Sanders thing is going to work at Colorado? No. I don't either. No. I but, I mean, I think you can can and will parlay it into a, another sexier, bigger job. I think you're, I think that's exactly what happens. I, I think Because now you're seeing some of their their best recruiter, who for some reason he said on Monday was going to go to Louisville, and everyone's like, what, what? And he's going to Syracuse. Um they're losing some of their top recruits in the class. They're 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 being, they're going heavy on the portal again. I think they'll be fine. Like like they're going to be a bowl team probably the next couple of years to where they're, like I can see them going six and six, seven and five next season, and then maybe getting to like eight and four. And some team, it won't be an Alabama or Ohio State or Oklahoma tier one type team, but some team from a tier above Colorado will come calling, and. Oh, he won't leave for a non-tier one. No, I don't. Think so. well, I mean, I, I can see him going to somewhere that's like a tier two school. Hit me with one. Um, who would fit that mold? Like someone in the yeah. SEC. That's not. 
I mean, the the, the, uh, the most obvious. Like an Ole Miss. Yeah. The, the most obvious choices are schools in Florida. Like, I can see him going to Miami. Yeah. How about How about that? Same. Yeah. And I can you, see him. You'd consider that tier two, though? Right now, yeah. I mean, probably right now. What have yeah, they done? You're, you're probably right. Yeah. I, I'm saying tier one is like seven schools, like the seven or eight schools that have dominated the playoff Ohio State, Oklahoma, Bama, Georgia, LSU. You know, who else would be Michigan? Like, like, like just. But well, I don't know if any of them would even come calling. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that he. That if they did, I think he would definitely jump, but I don't think sure. they will. But I can see Miami being like, we've got more talent down here than Colorado does. What he's doing may not have worked at the highest possible level there, but it will work here. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely see that happening. I can also see them, like, the next time Mario Cristobal forgets how to count to 10, being like, okay, that's, that's one time too many. How many times can we get away with terrible clock management? You're out of here. I think that's a, a, a likely situation. The only element is, would he be willing to go to an arch rival of, of, of FSU when he's such a Florida State guy? Because Florida State's not calling anytime soon. Like, they, no. they're pretty comfortable with Mike Norvell. Florida might. Like, Florida would open. I think it'll be a bidding war between those two schools, but I can see him making that jump. And you think he would go to Florida? I don't know that he would. I think he might. I think he might. I think Florida or Miami, he would seriously entertain. I think that that could definitely happen, but we'll find out. All right, let's get to the text line. Let's get to as many as we can here before we have to call it a day. 502-414-1450. Texas says, do you think that Isaac Garendo comes back next year? Is that how you spell his name? Yeah, he nailed it. That is not how I would have spelled it. How would you have spelled it? Probably G A. I think I would have went with a double R I N D O. Garando. Garindo. It's not the way. You, no, that that would have been incorrect. Well, clearly, yeah. The texter <laughs> nailed it. He did. He, he knows. He knows our players well. Garendo was a guy that the last I'd heard, and this has been a couple weeks. The the staff had established that he could he could come back if he wanted to, and they felt good about him coming back. The last I'd heard, they were still kind of trying to to convince him. They, they were hoping he was going to come back, but there was nothing set in stone. I don't know if Jawar – he and Jawar are really close, but Jawar is clearly the number one guy. I don't So I don't know if Jawar coming back potentially with this Tyler Shuck news would help or hurt the efforts to get Garando, Garando back. But if you I mean, first of all, we would have like the, the AARP team of college football. You've got <laughs> – all these guys would be 24 years old playing college football, which would be crazy. But you'd feel pretty good about your backfield with, with Jordan Garendo coming back. And I think that would probably lead to one of the younger guys going somewhere else. I mean, maybe Maurice Turner's like, all right, I'm, I don't want to be third string again. I'm ready to be a star somewhere and and bounces. They, I, know, I know for a fact they love Keewon Brown, the freshman, who we saw a little bit of in the Murray State game and looked really good in the Murray State game. I think I wonder if they'd be concerned that he wouldn't want to spend another year getting very limited carries as the third or fourth string guy. Um, I don't know, but obviously if you can get Garendo and Jordan back, I think you take them back. Texas says the Ricky Jones article, he does nothing to help Kenny Payne by making this a race issue. I don't know how many times I have to say it. We don't give a bleep what color our coaches are. Just win, baby. It, it, it wasn't, and I like Ricky. I, I've met him several times. I was not, I didn't agree with much in the story. And it's also not anything that we haven't heard before where it's, it's a weird time to be doing it. It's almost like it's challenging U of L not to fire him because you know he he we all loved him when when he came here. The, the basic premise of the story is U of L and the fan base was thrilled when Kenny Payne came here. Now it's time to find out how much we really love him and how much of this is just about just win baby and the money and the greed and all that stuff and 
he was loyal to us. Can we be loyal to him? And the reality is that's not unique to this situation with a former player coming back. That's every single coaching hire at every single major program in college sports. You may be very, very excited to land a guy, but if he's not winning at a high level or if, God forbid, he's losing at the rate that Kenny Payne's losing in his second season, that enthusiasm is going to be gone. And you're going to want somebody like you can hire somebody. If, if Louisville hired John Calipari next year, who's been <clears throat> you know, the arch villain of this program for the last decade and a half, people would be fine with it if they if, if he was going to win. Louisville just is desperate to get back to winning basketball. That's what it comes down to. It's not if it's one of your own, if it's a likable person who does things the right way and who has direct ties to Louisville, great. If it's not, that's better than the alternative, which is a likable guy who's just not winning at a high level. Texas says, How old is Scoots? He sounds old enough to know better, but maybe his voice is deceiving. No better than what? Uh, about going back, your first instincts to be skeptical of the nine month pregnant not being the a hole is kind of crazy. I didn't know that pregnant women didn't fly across country. How, how would I know that? I mean, you should have. You are, I think, old enough to know better is probably right. How would I ever have known that? You should know. I've never, I've never had that experience. I mean, I had. I mean, I still would have known before this. Hmm. I mean, I'll I'll plead ignorance here then. Texas says, whenever we do Am I the A-Hole, I find out that, yes, Scoots and Trevor both are indeed the A-Holes. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor does. like I, I, I'm scared to play with Trevor because it, it'll, it'll be somebody who's like, I used a, <laughs> like, like somebody called me an ethnic slur and then shot me in the face. And Trevor's like, well, hold on. Hold on. I'm like, no, 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 Trevor. Please don't do this. Texture says, Scoots is killing me with his pregnancy, Alta. Am I the A-Hole? Am I the A-Hole? Didn't know. It's not as bad as the Rebecca Black moment. It's true. Texture says, the last Am I the Ale story serves as a great PSA. If you can't actually afford a vacation, don't go. It trips me out when people will travel, but then sweat every single expense. I agree with that, too. If it's going to be something where, like, you're not going to have a good time because you're so stressed out about the cost, like, do something else. Mm -hmm. And, And that's not just about, like, the cost. If anything is going to stress you out that much, don't do it. Like just life is too short to to be spending your time away from work and away from whatever you're trying to escape, not being relaxed and, and happy. Just yeah, do something else. You can take a vacation, take a vacation. Texas, I wouldn't be keen on someone joining my vacation last minute, but I agree with Mike. Dudes are the best. My wife and I recently took a four-day trip with friends. We paid for dinner, so all four of us and then our friends would pick up the next. It probably didn't come out even, but we all had a good time and didn't worry about someone paying a little more than the other. That's the, yeah, you got to have the right group of friends. That's what it comes down to. If you know they're going to be, if you know they the potential exists for something like this to happen, if a wrench gets thrown into your plans, then don't make plans with this person. Traveling with, I mean, I haven't done this in a long time, but like. Traveling with friends for more than just like a day or two, that's when you really find out like whether or not you know, people always talk about you find out if you should be in a relationship if you travel with your significant other. I think the same is true with friends. Like I went to the Bahamas with a group of guys. Like you know, you kind of find out who is going to annoy you the most and who's not going to be cool and like who is very chill and is a good travel partner. Like you gotta you have to know that about your friends, especially if you're gonna make these types of plans. It's true. Texas says, I assume this means DJU to FSU. I think they would be the favorite. Man. I don't know. 
Texas says, reporting a gamer. Classic Gil. <laughs> is classic Gil. That's classic Gil. I, don't, I feel like I know Gil. Texas, I just tuned in, so you may have said this already, but since we landed a QB, does that mean the transfer from Oregon State QB is out of the picture? I don't know for sure. I would assume so. I would assume that that's the case. But couldn't tell you beyond the shadow of a doubt. Texas, I think, uh, Texas, Scoots and Mike, your thoughts on Coach Sig at IU? I think it was the best possible hire before a snap is played. He's sure confident at least. I mean, if I'm you, I'm, I'm, I know you don't care about football that much. No, he, he got me back into that mindset, though, where I do. If I'm you, yeah, I, I'm pretty jacked up about yeah, this hire. For sure. He's the one guy out there. He makes you feel like Indiana football is trying, right? Like, like, like he's not just a, like, oh, they hired a coordinator in a bigger program. Like, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. Like, they went out and got a guy who's won at the highest possible level at a group of five school. He's the type of guy, like, if he'd gotten hired, like, you can see Kurt Signetti being hired at a program much bigger than Illinois. Like, 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 if Michigan State came calling, you'd be like, ooh, that, maybe that's a little bit of a stretch, but you could see that happening. And so for Indiana to get him, I think, yeah, if I'm I, if I'm you guys, I'm kind of over the moon right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty jacked up. And he's, heads, hats off to him, he's said all the right things since he got on campus as well, which that's the easy part of being a football coach, really, when you think about it. He's a football dude. Yeah, yeah. he's... It's better than the Tom Allen, like the the snapping and the, the doing whatever the hell he's doing before right. a game. Tom Allen came from a high school team. <sighs> yeah, not great. Texas says, I thought we were all finished with any and all shucks when Satterfield left, but I'm willing to trust Brahms' judgment on our new QB. Admittedly a bit apprehensive, though. That's a good text. All shucks. It's gone. Texas calling KP's coaching a work of art is like calling Yoko Ono singing music. Yoko Ono shot on the show. Wow. <laughs> Nobody's safe here. Texas says, um, y'all keep proving my point. Brom hasn't produced anyone good. Congrats on CUSA quarterbacks. I mean, if NFL starters aren't – you, 32 human beings are NFL starting quarterbacks. If you're saying that he's not good, I, I'm sorry if you only think that like seven quarterbacks in the, in the world are good. And then those seven coaches are the only ones in the world that are good at developing quarterbacks. I really want to meet this guy one day. I don't. <laughs> I'm fine with going the rest of my life without meeting him. I've just got to know what kind of person he is. Maybe you already have. Maybe you do radio with him every yeah. single morning. <laughs> Maybe so. You don't know. <laughs> Texas says, saying that Kenny Payne is one of the few good things that we have going on over at Floyd Street was a very ignorant statement to make. KP is a great person. He's just a horrible coach. On the third story, have you ever heard of a threesome? Let's find a way to make this work. Now you're talking. <laughs> good thinking, Texter. Once again, you got to know your friends. You have to know what's possible and what's not possible. Um, the... Yeah, the, the the whole like Kenny Payne's one of the very few things going on at U of L is such a like that's just a it's a short sighted statement as well, and it's just somebody who's just throwing something out there to try and belabor the point that they're t- attempting to make. And I, like like U of Athletics as a whole, if you're talking about the athletics, first of all, they released the statement today. They have the highest if this matters to you. And, and Ricky Jones is a former professor at U of L. They've got the highest graduation rate in the history of, of Cardinal Athletics today. That's that's something that we don't care about as much on a sports radio show because it's more about wins and losses, but it's not something that should just be glossed over if you're making a comment like there are very few things, good things happening at UofL. And if you are talking about wins and losses, football seems fine. Women's basketball seems fine. Volleyball seems fine. Men's soccer seems fine. Baseball seems fine. You have a lot of programs that are producing top 25 at a top 25 level. Men's basketball is, and this is not hyperbole, the worst performing sport at UofL. The sport that has driven the ship for as long as I can remember that is still identified as the program of the University of Louisville 
is the worst out of any of the true NCAA sports that the school sponsors. And I don't think that's really an argument. He's got to pick it up. Texas Mike, I hope that you don't have this bacterial pneumonia thing that's going around. It's spreading like crazy across the globe. It's being called white lung syndrome. It's walking pneumonia. My son's had it for the past three weeks, and now I've got it. Really, really sucks. For my son, it started with a loss of appetite and bad cold symptoms and progresses into pneumonia symptoms, shortness of breath, wheezing, fatigue, bad headaches, aches and pains. Mary, if you're listening, have your kids' uh, PEDs test, test for it. They actually just went to the doctor, and Virginia has strep. So Ugh. that's great. I literally got that text during the break. So Scoot's definitely no making out today. Damn it. Um, which means I probably am going to get struck. Can't wait. But better than walking pneumonia, if that's the case. I have heard that that's, that's everywhere right now, which is is not good. Jason, Mike, the Skittles candy canes are damn good. The Skittles ones are good, too. I have not had them this year. had them in the past. They're very good. Texas old girl is mad because she likes the guy, and she thought that maybe there was a chance that the guy, that they could hit it off while on the trip. She thought this could be her moment for her fairy tale in her head. She's jealous. That's the real reason behind all of this. I hate to jump to make that assumption, but it definitely came to my head. I could see that. Yeah. Texas, sorry, I'm still thinking about Scoots suggesting that women travel 12 hours and deliver a baby on vacation and then fly home stitched up with a newborn like it's a dentist appointment. (laughs) Um... Texas says, this man leaving her fully alone in the last two weeks of her pregnancy and on Christmas, he's insane and wrong. Also, she cannot travel that late in the pregnancy, so she has no choice but to stay home. And then she's flying home with a newborn. Traveling across the country is exactly what women want to do after having a baby. And then in the other story, it sounds like the third person is freeloading a little right, just offer to contribute. I'm kind of with that. It'd be a nice thing. It would help out. Uh, Joker said, hey, Justin, how about those Hoosiers? Hoosiers. Do you spell your name that way? No, I don't know why he spells it like with that. With an E? I was going to say. I don't think he ever used to. Let me go back through some of his texts. No, he, just like a couple days ago, he spelled it the right way. Yeah. J-U-S-T-E-N. <laughs> Texas says, Louisville needs to play a real schedule. Buddy, I got a bad, if you Google strength of schedule rankings, you're not going to like what you see. Because one school locally is higher ranked in those rankings than the other school. Check it out. See for yourself. Texas says, Blue Airheads, uh... Blue Air Hearheads. Blue Hearheads. That's my brother. He can't spell. That's fine. Blue Airheads were the best. Cherry were very good. Blue, I think, were the best. White Mystery up on that list. Although White Mystery has changed in recent years. I don't know if you knew this. I don't know how much you keep up with the Airheads game. I don't. It's not what it you, well, you It's because you're an adult and I'm not. <laughs> it was a. It used to taste like something totally different than it tastes like now. Texas YouTube TV gave me gonorrhea. Well, excuse that's, me. That's it. Reason to switch right there. No question about it. Texture says, uh, go back on ESPN Plus and rewatch the last 30 seconds of Yale versus Vermont. The Catamounts were down by three with .6 seconds left and miraculously won on a four-point play. One of the craziest endings of a basketball game that you'll ever watch. I saw the clip floating around. Yeah, it was wild. That is, yeah, that's not. There have been a couple of games like that this week. There was another one, I can't remember who played, where a team was down by five with like 1.6 seconds left and ended up winning in regulation. Very much the U of L Virginia type situation. I think that was this game. Was that, I thought that was the Yale Vermont game. No, I've seen this one. This, this, this is the one of the four-point play. The one that I'm talking about, they hit a three and then stole the inbounds pass and then hit a three again. Mm. That was bad. Texas, when my now wife and I of nine years have been dating for a few months or so, his, her female friend and boyfriend asked if we wanted to go on a vacation with them. I respectfully declined. I stated that I haven't gotten to know them well enough to spend a week with them on vacation. My wife understood. Her friend did not and felt offended. Oh, well. Who isn't offended these days? I don't think that that's outrageous. 
to be like, I don't know. But what better place to get to know somebody, though, on vacation, right? I probably would do it yeah, same. If, if it were just me. But I also am not – like if, if somebody declined who I'd only known for like a couple of months, I wouldn't be like offended by them not doing it. But I would do it personally. Texas says, saying that he'd love for KP to be the volleyball coach so he could send his daughter there is certainly some type of statement. It's, it's a bad statement. There's no way around it. It's, it. it's Of all the programs to use, you – Volleyball is not the one that you highlight right now. They're winning at a higher level than anybody else, and and Danny Buspin Kelly's never done anything but the right thing. It's a, it's silly. I don't think that was his intention. I don't think he was trying to call her out. I don't think he has any idea how good the volleyball program is, which is a reason not to use it as an example. Um, bad, 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 bad. No, 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 no. Uh, we've got. I'm already missing the, the Wednesday night football. I'm missing the Sun Belt. I'm missing the action. Mm. I'm missing all of it. It's a good point because we just got you know now it's. Don't get me wrong, college basketball is my favorite sport, but when you when you don't have an alternative college hoops, you've just got NBA and you've got NHL, and that's that's fine. I care about like the Avalanche, but I don't care about the NBA. But tonight we actually have a decent college hoop slate. We've got, first of all, at 9 o'clock, we've got DePaul on the road taking on Texas A&M. This is DePaul's final tune-up before the game of all games this Saturday when Louisville travels up to Chicago. DePaul, a team that is favored to beat Louisville and Ken Palm right now, is a 19-and-a-half-point underdog on the road against Texas A&M, who's the number 21 team in the country, 9 o'clock on the SEC Network. And, folks, I don't know if the Blue Demons can cover 20 against Buzz Williams' team. Uh, Scoots, do the Aggies cover 19-and-a-half against the mighty 1-6 and Blue Demons of DePaul? I think Blue Demons cover. DePaul somehow – I think it's probably a backdoor cover situation. They hit maybe a, a three at the buzzer to, to cover. I'm going to say Texas A&M wins and covers by 22. Well, you're the one that's hot, so I'll follow you. Only on college basketball. Uh, 8 o'clock on the AC Network rivalry game. Two undefeated teams, two kind of surprise undefeated teams. South Carolina and Fr- – uh, not, not, not Frank Martin, uh, but uh, Paris uh, – oh, God, what's – Lamont Paris. And is on the road taking on Clemson and Brad Brownell, who's number 24 in the country. Both teams 7-0 and on the year. Clemson is an 8.5-point home favorite. Who wins, who covers? Clemson wins, they cover. I think Clemson wins. I'm gonna say South Carolina covers. They've been sneaky okay. They haven't played anybody, but they've been okay. The big game of the night, though, the Shaka Bowl, is eight o'clock on FS1. It's the Big East Big Twelve battle. It may as well be the Shaka Smart battle. Number twelve Texas on the road taking on number eight Marquette in Milwaukee. Golden Eagles, Shaka's new team, seven and a half point favorites over Shaka's old team. How's this one play out, Scoots? I think Marquette wins this one handily. They're still probably pretty mad that they lost that game against Wisconsin the way they did. So I'm going to pick new Shaka here. I'm going right. to say no, old Shaka. Right? No, the new Shaka is Marquette. Oh, yeah. He is. Okay. Yeah. Give new me Shaka. new Shaka winning and covering. I, I am of the, I have a sneaking suspicion, and it's not just because Louisville should have beaten them, that Texas just isn't that good. I think Marquette wins. I think they're too good for Texas. I think they, they covered the seven and a half point spread. Mark, Golden Eagles by nine tonight. All right, enjoy your Wednesday nights. We'll be back here tomorrow at three o'clock. Shout out to Scoots for filling in again. We'll see you tomorrow. Go cards. Boy, the stairs. Surprises let me know she can.